0: you're listening to an irreverent podcast
1: Uh. visit irreverent.fm for more content from our fabulous friends hey everybody it's adrian this is josh and if you're listening to us you're listening to another episode of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids Podcast. Now you're playing with power.
0: Bandai Namco.
1: I don't know. Oh, is that the, that's the the gaming company? That's like a poster. It's right oh. there behind me. Oh, that's Nintendo. Nintendo. You're looking yeah. at it. Yeah, yep. dude. Yep. Now you're playing with power.
0: Uh, Sega Do with Nintendon't. <laughs> that was the slip. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. How um, you doing, sir? Good. There's Now we have to talk about it. There's something to the 90s marketing aesthetic Oof. where it was like, like part matrixy, part like trying to be way too edgy but like not the future 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 yes everything's like... everything was repeated <laughs> yes yep, that's totally. the music <laughs> it's definitely the matrix music <laughs> that's the sound yep it's also the same music that you would hear when you went to haircuttery in the 90s <laughs> <laughs> hey let me get um just like a like a scissor cut <laughs> yes, excuse,
1: excuse me, excuse me. It's, all, it's
0: all the fucking same <laughs> i would
1: like a fade <laughs> <laughs> Dude,
0: if, you're, if you're getting a faded haircuttery <laughs> it's gonna
1: be a shitty fade
0: <laughs> no you're, you're right i would like <laughs> curtains
1: please <laughs> (laughs) I want to look like Jonathan Taylor Thomas. (laughs) And
0: what is it with all the actors in the '90s having like three JTT? Um, And then then Zachary Ty Bryant, Zachary Ty Bryant, Jonathan Taylor Thomas. And can anyone tell me the third son's (laughs) name? No. And we're not looking it up on our phones. Shows how much we care. (laughs) We'll never find out. There's no way of finding out. This is the Home Improvement podcast. (laughs) Doing Um, a hard pivot. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, you asked about two minutes ago. I'm um, doing well. It, it's been a uh, a long week. Um, it's been an emotional week for a lot of reasons. Yeah. Um. But like we were talking before, like it feels good to like have emotions, hmm. which makes my life before this seem emotionless, which it wasn't. But it was to a certain extent. <laughs> I mean, I guess by contrast, it yeah. was emotionless. Yes. Yes. So um. also you have a septum piercing now. Oh, yeah, so... Hot dad alert. <laughs> <laughs> Let me get curtains and a septum. Um, yeah, if you hear me wince in pain or hold back a sneeze... If you, if you hear a sudden, ouch! if you hear like a bump in the microphone... Yeah, like, yeah oh it's just me adjusting to having a, a metal in my face. Looks great. Thanks, man. Um, I, I, I threw the idea at my wife, at Steph, and she wasn't into it. So I bought some fake ones from Amazon, and she hated that. And uh, I'm like, okay, she doesn't like it, whatever. And then she just casually said, hey, you should go to septum piercing. So the next day on my lunch break at a place that's literally five minutes from my house, I walked in. The guy said, yeah, the most foobar septum I've ever seen. Like, I'm aware. I had surgery. He's like, well, I don't know if I can do it, but I'll stab you. I said, well, I'm happy to be an experiment. <laughs> and he was happy. So, I mean, I guess that's good. Um, but, yeah, that happened. Um, so, yeah, it's it's also like... You haven't been here because you've been in Colorado like living vacation life. Yeah. Like, I mean, like we all did before COVID, Um, but it's like insanely rainy season down here now. It's slip and slide, mosquitoes out, full force. Dank. It's real dank. It's what everyone thinks of Florida when they think of Florida, so, which by the way, I didn't get
1: a chance to see you on it. Belated Happy Father's Day, good sir.
0: Oh, thank you. Same to you. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you
1: and yours. And 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 also and unto you as what What's it say? And also with you. Yeah, and lift up your hearts. (laughs) Ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. What's a -a ding-a-ling, dude? It's a bell. Can you imagine? And I lift up your and also
0: with you, lift up your hearts. (laughs) It's if, if any of you guys ran lights in um. In any setting, whether like church or professionally, there's always that one button on the light board that tests all the lights at once. That's the thing that goes on. It's fucking every strobe. It's it's like full force like on the, the, get on the fog button. machine. Yes. Get fucked. Like we need everyone to convert. Press the lights. <laughs> um I had a, I, yeah. I led worship once
1: uh way back in the day. You don't say. Uh BDRCK. Okay. Uh and uh <laughs> how many letters <laughs> do you put in an acronym before it becomes another word? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and um it was like this relatively new sound guy mm. and the worship leader was like hey man like do me a favor like i know you're like getting used to a lot of stuff and he's like dude there's so many cool features you can have in this board he's like do me a favor like don't go crazy oh and the guy went crazy he decided oh, yeah. to like add like a bunch of echoes and like reverbs and he was like it was like the end of the song and he's like who am i without your Lord? Shh. Out, your lord. Out, your lord. <laughs> out your lord out your lord out your lord uh, and he couldn't figure out how to stop it. And so you're just hearing this, ouch
0: Lord, reverberating through the room. <laughs> the pastor's was on the stage, and the, ouch Lord. It's like the, fucking the longest delay ever. That's great, dude. Yeah, it was great. It was Only great. in church could you give a 15-year-old access to a $10,000 soundboard. <laughs> totally but how you been man welcome back from vacation you thank look you. rested your dad's stash also looks kempt. thank and you and like it's been
1: in the wilderness it's earned some points i came back from colorado and i like cleaned it up and it was like kind of like oh there he is <laughs> there he is I found him. <laughs> <laughs> no thank you it was good um we went to uh the denver um well actually it's like an hour outside of denver so like the mountains of blackhawk nice dude That's and so cool. uh, we went to go my, my kids have not met their great-grandpa who is now, I believe, in his 90s. Okay. And so um, this was kind of like a really important mm-hmm. trip. Um, and it was cool. And, and we went there t- and we met him. And, and he basically said, um, he doesn't say much, but he said, what he did say was, it's been a long time since I've had little kids crawling around mm-hmm. on this floor. And what's crazy is because that was the house that Alyssa's dad grew up in. Um, wow. And so like, talk about legacy, yeah. talk about all that stuff. And for me, I've never lived in a house for, for I, I couldn't tell you, I don't have a childhood home because of yeah. how much I've moved around. So Alyssa, on the other hand, has lived had lived in that same house where her parents still are for virtually her whole life. So there is something really special to mm-hmm. me of like this. There is so many memories here. There is just so much history here. Um, so that was really cool. Um, I will say, though, uh, we stayed in an Airbnb with her parents and her brother and his family Mm -hmm. so like the full gamut of in-laws yeah um staying on like going on vacation with family in-laws in general Mm -hmm. is a whole other experience with two kids with two especially with two young kids Mm -hmm. uh we ended up having to sleep in two different rooms so i had to sleep in one room with wilder and we slept in one room with scout because we like the kids are not comfortable sleeping by themselves, uh, especially in a new place. Mm-hmm. I'm just gonna be honest here, folks. Um, the sexual frustration uh, about a week sleeping in a separate bed other than your partner is mwah, exquisite. Yeah. I I felt like I was at I, like at like a, a church camp or something, yeah. or I felt like I was like like we were still in college dating <laughs> yeah, back yeah, in like yeah. evangelical land. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, okay, well, good night, my love. <laughs> Dream of me fondly, and I shall see you in the morn. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? It's
0: so. Weird. I'm like, do I hug you? Bye. Oh my god. And of course, <laughs> I, I I wasn't there, but I know that any time you or Alyssa touched, like when her parents appeared in the room, like oh, Alyssa, come here. <laughs> oh my god, I just touched the small of her back, and there's her dad.
1: At a certain point, I was like, look, I, I really I can't <laughs> hug you because we are writing checks that neither one of us have the time or opportunity to cash. It cannot happen. So
0: just just don't hug me, lady. That's, um, Back away. Yeah, that is definitely something um, that Steph and I experienced on on a trip to Seattle. With I mean, two kids. It's a small apartment, and you're just lucky that you made it to the end of the day. <laughs> totally. There's like my like... kids didn't get scooped up in Seattle by some hippie, third wave coffee snob. <laughs> um, they didn't fall off the uh, Space Needle. Totally. Um, you're just so exhausted. It's
1: kind of like it is what it is. Yeah. But by the end of the at the end of the trip, you're like. There has been no magic.
0: If I see one hole in anything, <laughs> there's a Dunkin' Donuts. Close my eyes. Close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone my want God. donuts for <laughs> breakfast? No. <laughs> no! And get behind yeah. me, Satan. <laughs> that's God ridiculous. God damn. No. Uh, well. Oh God. So yeah. So, so that's all that stuff. Awesome, I'm glad you had a vacation. That's much fucking much needed. I, I, like everyone, we you know that. <laughs> unless you don't then where the fuck you been but like COVID has been such a whirlwind of a lot of things and then when you like now things are sort of settling down here in Florida more than they should uh, but like Steph and I were talking like there's like this desire to just get out and do like yes we've yeah. like, we went to like a breakfast place this morning with the kids here in florida we like went to the museum we've done a bunch of stuff with them but there's something to just getting out like i told her like, i just want to drive four hours in any direction like i'll go i'll go east into the water i don't care i just want to go four hours somewhere. <laughs> i will walk into the setting yeah, sun dude, i don't care totally um so i'm glad you got to do that man that's really cool
1: yes sir yes sir and it's good to be back and you know what? i feel like speaking of sexual frustration, mm-hmm. and speaking of having to police our thoughts to yeah. the glory of the Lord, yeah. it lends itself pretty well to the next segment, and the first segment, really, of our show. Yeah. And this is a segment that, folks, you already know what it is, and you already know what's coming, Bad Apples. This is Hell Court.
0: Those sexual frustration bongos. <laughs> <laughs> Those
1: don't hug me too long, bongos. Oh, wow, wow. That's a sexy guitar. Imagine being that one guy. Because
0: that's all he does. <laughs> quick,
1: quick, wow. And, he gets right, paid going bucks. Home. He gets paid bucks. Hey man, I'm paying bucks.
0: Um, but the bongo guy, the bongo guy's earning his fucking money. <laughs> that's pretty <for> damn sure. <laughs> he came here to work, so. <laughs> Guys, I brought my bongos. I'm doing shit, dude. You have you have two beats. I'm taking eight bars. It's like,
1: hey man, um, we actually didn't hire you for the bongos. Yeah. We actually needed you to just yeah. clean. Uh, you're here to clean
0: up after the recording session. Um, but yeah, so enough about uh percussion instruments. Um, Bongo Joe, yeah, Bongo Joe. Uh, so Adrian kind of gave a little foreshadowing, um, but th- if if you somehow miss this. Man, oh man! Well, sorry, it's gone. It's g- <laughs> if you missed it, it was a flash in the pan, baby. Because we personally, on our own Instagrams and Twitters and uh, and texts, and in our DRCK emails and all the rest of the stuff, got this song and video sent to us by the hundreds. Yep. Modest is hottest by, by Matthew Matthew West. West. And so, like you, nonstop, like oh, it I, was so much. <laughs> It was almost like when the church forces you to read the new Dave Ramsey book. Like, I'm not reading it because everyone's telling me to. I'm like, I'm not going to watch this video because I know it's going to make me mad. Yeah, I didn't watch it. And I know we're going to talk about it eventually. And I was like, it's not going anywhere. And so Adrian <laughs> said, let's talk about it on this episode. So it's like, okay, fuck it. I'll watch it. I, Dude, turn tail I, and ran. Dirty delete, baby. Video's gone. Yep. The Spotify song is up there. It's all blacked out. Can't actually cl- click on it. Can't listen. It's gone. I... Love it. I feel like this is the first hell court that we've experienced justice at. We so often throw a gavel.
1: Cyberbullying works, people. (laughs) It works. Bullying works. You heard it here, bad apples. Bullying works. That's such a boomer thing
0: to say. Kids these days are so soft. They need to be bullied more. Um, But, Adrian, you want to clue the people in on what we apparently missed out on. What kids still experience through his just amazing lyrical...
1: Talent. You can still, folks, if you Google Matthew West, Modest is Hottest, you will be able to find the lyrics, and that's what we're going to have to do, because I can't even play the song. I, I, and honestly, I, if
0: we could, I, I don't think I would want to.
1: I mean, I can make up how I think the song went, and I pretty much would nail it. Mm-hmm. So, here's what happened, folks. Matthew West, who is a, I guess, CCM singer-songwriter. He's not like a country musician. He's a CCM artist. Sure. Sure. And um, he released this song, and the song is called Modest is Hottest. And... Uh, According to his Instagram uh, that he used to just furiously backpedal, he basically said this song was satire, but no one picked up on the satire overtones. Um, But I'm going to read the lyrics, and you guys tell me if this sounds like satire to you. Do it. Do it. Dear daughter, it's me, your father. I think it's time we had a talk. The boys are coming around because you're beautiful, and it's all your mother's fault. Ha ha. You suck, lady.
0: This is your fault. That's He's also... He's complimenting his wife on her beautiful looks and how it passed it down to his daughter, but also blaming his wife. Very Adam of him. Classic Adam.
1: So I'll skip to the chorus here. It says, modest is hottest. The latest fashion trend is a little more Amish, a little less Kardashian. What the boys really love is a turtleneck and a sensible pair of slacks. Honey, modest is hottest. Sincerely, your dad. If I catch you doing dances on the TikTok in a crop top, so help me God... You'll be grounded till the world stops. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. So, here all the parents be saying their prayers that all their girls will be wearing more layers. Moms and dads around the world, they're on their knees. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Lord, make them more like Jesus and less like Cardi B. No offense to Cardi B. I'm sure she's a really nice girl and Jesus loves her, but I just think Modest is hottest. So, I, I, I'm trying to genuinely get, I'm trying to get there. I'm. Tr- I'm trying to get to where This was satire Mm -hmm. because isn't the whole point of satire to like be so like outlandishly earnest Mm -hmm. that it has no, it could not possibly be correct. It's, I mean, there's, if you say, I'm just kidding. Yeah. No, I'm not. Yeah. Then at that point, is that even satire anymore?
0: I don't know. Yeah, because there's a point in art where you create art and you let it go and it kind of just gets interpreted by the people who consume it. But you can have intentions that you put into your art. So if you if you create a song or something, you say it's this, and it's like the majority of people are like, I understand that, or I don't get it, or it kind of vibes with me. But very few people understood this as satire. So when the overwhelming majority of people are like, this isn't funny yeah. or satirical, right. this is just reinforcing what I was told for f- years of my life.
1: Yeah. We, we posted a, a I posted a tweet from Audrey Assad mm-hmm. um, and she basically was kind of calling out. These are things we've all talked about before, folks, that like the whole idea of how modest is hottest is actually a harmful approach to anything. Yes. yes. Uh, and it perpetuates a bunch of bullshit. And we can get into that. But uh, I posted it and like every so often you would get a, a comment like, dude, it's a joke. Relax. It's a joke. And it's like, OK, yeah, I know what jokes are. I I get it. Mm -hmm. I get it. Oh, ha ha. It's so funny. It's about, it's like the same sort of humor about a dad posing with his daughter and her prom date with a shotgun. Yeah. Ha, ha, ha. That's the humor. I get it, but that doesn't make it a good fucking joke. So So just because
0: anything is a joke doesn't give you a reason to, it's not funny though. Back in the heyday of YouTube, when pranks were like the big thing, a lot of people to get a leg up would just start as a prank channel. And it became a meme so much because people would do a prank. And then almost get into a physical fight. Like, no, it's a prank, bro. It's a prank. Yes, it's a prank, but you still stepped on my shoes, but you still yeah. threw a pie at my face. Like, yeah. just because you say, haha, it's funny. I'm like, yeah, but I'm the one getting dumped on. Like, you just scuffed my shoes. You just yelled in my store. Like, of course I'm gonna get angry because when when you come, w- oh, fuck me, dude. When you come, <laughs> I gotta stop this. This also happened on a Bubba <laughs> Dum Dum episode. I gotta stop taking breaths after the word come. Okay. Yeah, you need to go. Straight That's into my 2021 it. resolution that I've now made in July. Um, Modest is hottest. Come, uh, <laughs> but when you set out parts of it, like if parts of it were satirical or parts of it were like oh turtlenecks and stuff, um, and then the the hook could be like ah oh, this is funny I'm making jokes of it. purity culture really sucks and I don't believe in this, but the whole thing the through line through all the lyrics is just. Don't let anyone look at you. Put on as much clothes as possible. Ha <laughs> ha! It's a joke. No, it's not. Thing is, like, what year is this? Yeah, dude. I, yeah. Is it 2001? Yeah. What, what's what's ooh, going? Is this? Ooh, but our buddy Nick Murray, who we had on in a previous episode with Hello, Brandon Lubin. Hello, Nick. Um, I was talking to him last night. He goes, "I don't think it's a coincidence that this song came out when the whole SBC sexual um, allegations were coming out. Like oh, the SBC had a whole thing where a note got leaked." From one of their higher ups about how there's a lot of um sexual assaults they've been covering up and then this song comes out of nowhere i'm like dude this is a perfect depiction of a, one of or the biggest denomination not being able to handle their own yeah and then an artist that associates themselves with this denomination releasing a song about modest is hottest I'm yeah. like whoa dude. that's and then once mm. again to repeat your question what year is
1: it and and i think too if you think about like the idea of satire if he was truly trying to make it satirical mm-hmm. then the entire thing from start to finish would have been completely like stoically serious like yeah. to me it would have been like you're staying in your room forever don't ever do like very like very serious
0: or don't
1: it look at boys and technically i'm one so you can't look at me exactly. either it would like, like lean it would like lean really hard into it and and if that's the case like lean into it. and yeah. you don't have to like Twi- make a twist at the end just lean so hard into it that you're like obviously there's no yeah, way this can yeah. be real like yeah. a like an onion article or something like it's yes. ridiculous yes you know um or you deliver it just like you said where it's like there's a twist the fact that this is like a little bit of both tells me that this isn't actually satire this is just a joke mm-hmm. and a joke is often rooted in truth right mm-hmm. so there is something here, and again, right, we talked about this. I don't need to, to tell folks, like, the idea of modest is hottest is completely harmful to women and young girls, because even by saying modest is hottest, you are still tethering a woman and a girl's uh, uh, physicality to the opinion of men, yes, or to the opinion of the opposite sex, saying, yes. well, this is hottest, and mm-hmm. you want to be hottest, and in this particular instance, modest happens to be that, mm-hmm. and then... Of course, the table gets turned because then once, of course, you have to be this virginal porcelain figurine. And then as soon as you actually get married, then and only then can you actually be hot hottest. Mm -hmm. And then you have to become like a nympho sex pot. I think, too, is like the idea of modest is hottest is both insulting and demeaning to women. But it's also incredibly reductive to men because it's implying that men are nothing more than their base impulses. Mm -hmm. They are nothing more than like their carnal needs and instincts and so then fuck all it does is perpetuates like fucking rape culture and it perpetuates all yeah. the ways that men are not held responsible for their thoughts or feelings whatever
0: and also i know specifically for me like anytime a girl at my school would talk to me I'm like oh no like i need to run from this because this could be like this could your down, down the sin. also yeah. there's a, another thing it does is like what if the girl that what if his daughter he's singing to isn't attracted to boys Totally, like totally, and also no room for that. And also, it doesn't even really matter what Matthew West thinks because, like, he put the art out in the world. He didn't share it with his family. He put it out there, and it had an impact on people. Yep. And 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 I can't um, imagine the amount of responses he got to it because we didn't even make the song, and we got a a shit ton of requests to talk about it. But at this point, it doesn't matter. It's gotten so far out from you. Correct. It's no longer his. And that's the thing. Is that and and like. He took it down. He announced an apology and stuff. It wasn't really an apology, but whatever. Yeah. Um, It's really interesting because it brings to mind Joshua Harris and his like kind of rethinking about um, how I kissed dating goodbye and how that book affected people. When he came back and kind of put words to the pain he was experiencing, it felt earnest. Yeah. And you could argue, I mean, that book had more of an impact or it, it, it was like the foundation for purity culture. But joshua harris has continued not a life of like apologizing but like he could he's just a different person
1: and he's making amends i think
0: yeah and 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 josh and uh so when joshua harris came out that apology and like it's not just the apology it's what you follow up with it and matthew west is like ah sorry i i took it down y'all didn't get it i'm sorry you misunderstood me it'd be great if you released another video just talking about it like what did it come out on it came out in music and it came out in song form. Oh, sorry, music video, and it came out in just regular song form. How about you do both those things again? Another music video and another song apologizing for that. Correct. It. Like, just make it it's right. It's easy, dude. You got shit ton of money. Yeah. You're a CCM I, artist. People just pay you because you're a Christian. Just do it.
1: And I think, too, just like you said, like, intention is. Is not nearly as important as impact.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Obviously, his intentions were probably pure somewhere, somewhere in the in, in the back of his mind. There yeah. probably was some sort of so, some sort of good intention. But it doesn't matter what his good intention was. All that matters is the impact. And the yeah. impact we have seen, like we know what we know what has happened. Basically, the idea of there, there's so much damage of n- never truly loving yourself, never truly trusting yourself, mm-hmm. never thinking of you as a holistic, beautiful person. All you consider is the version of yourself that you project Mm -hmm. right and that's the hamster wheel that we've been on and so we know the damage has been done we actually had a conversation with matthias roberts a friend of ours um and he was talking about at summer camp he would uh always see all these instances where these girls would have to be told to cover up their Mm -hmm. bodies because men aren't boys aren't in control of their urges and so it was the same sort of rhetoric right modest is hottest cover yourself up but matthias was saying like I am in the same room with all of these boys. Mm-hmm. I'm attracted to the boys. Yeah. And the boys aren't wearing any shirts because yeah. they're getting ready to jump in the pool. Yeah. I'm controlling myself. So at what point does it no longer apply to them? Mm-hmm. Right. And so obviously it's bullshit. Obviously it doesn't work. I, I'm, I'm glad that he took it down. Um, but it is one of those things too, just like you said, is like, it's one thing to just do the dirty delete, but it's another thing to like truly
0: acknowledge what's going on. Yeah.
1: Identify the harm and then work to make it right.
0: Yeah, I mean, he could have written a song about anything, really. He could make a song about anything—funny, uh, about communion and how fucking weird that is, um, about preachers and sneakers. Literally, could have taken a swing at anything else. But don't make a song about telling your daughter, as the father, how to act. Like wear that's a turtleneck. That's the fucking how would you wear a, a turtleneck and y- you go through all like the 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 growing pains of a, of a young girl. I mean a turtleneck like, and off, slacks
1: dude. is literally hot. Like physically hot, sweating, you need to drink a lot of water. Yeah. So that that, that would have been hottest. funny. That would have been hilarious. Yes. If you actually make it Modest's <laughs> hottest and you just constantly add more layers to what she's wearing.
0: <laughs> okay, folks, listen. We're going to rewrite the song and we're going to actually in the, <laughs> in the background. So however long the song is, it's like if it's like a 3 minute song, for 3 minutes you hear a tea kettle starting and it just slowly gets hotter and hotter and the end of the song it's steaming in the background it's just and, and
1: he's like subconscious. You, you think boys like one pair of socks they actually like three pairs of socks just keep putting on all the socks boys like sweaty feet <laughs> put on all the socks you got if you think it's good to wear one winter jacket boys will really love six winter
0: jackets <laughs> and she just keeps this song going. is sponsored by how to Uh, Get your modestest, literally hottest merch. (laughs) (laughs) Matthew West. Matthew West, hire us. Hire us.
1: We will do this job for you. It's so easy. According to you guys,
0: we're already going to hell. Easy money, baby. Yeah, man. Easy money. You can't keep anything here, so I'm spending (laughs) it all on fucking modestest, hottest. I will say this. Say I
1: I, I will say this. I think it's easy on this side of, uh, of this to say all of this is bullshit because it is, and it's easy to look at this sort of like caricature song yeah. which is so ridiculous mm-hmm. and obvious to spot and go look at that bullshit yes it's bullshit what i will say is that i think it's tougher to notice the moments when your loyal soldier wants you to revert back to purity culture ideals in real time there are moments and and, and i'll share it because obviously like i'm an idiot i'm dealing with my own shit alissa and i have talked about this over the course of the deconstru- of our own deconstruction and faith changes or whatever Alyssa has expressed to me the harm that purity culture has done mm-hmm. to her over the years. She would tell me like it wasn't until probably the last couple years where she felt comfortable wearing any sort of form-fitting clothing mm. because she was always thought everything yeah. needed to be flowy. Yeah. And like you can't really see, you shouldn't be showing off your figure or whatever. And so it wasn't until recently until like she started wearing like like yoga pants mm-hmm. or like bike shorts. And so I would like gas her up. I'm like, yeah, get yeah, it, of lady. of course. Looking great. And then I noticed that sometimes she'll go, all right, I seem to go run to Whole Foods real quick. I'm like, all right, see you later. And she'd go. And then my little fucking loyal soldier will go, do you feel comfortable with her wearing that clothes that might emphasize her buttocks? And literally in that moment, I had to go, first of all, shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter what I think or what any other person thinks. It is only entirely up to her Mm -hmm. what she thinks, right? It doesn't matter. And, And I think that's where... I can fess up to the moments where you're going, okay, it's easy to point to an entire thing and go, that's bullshit. But that doesn't mean that we still, we don't have to do the work. Yeah. Cause it's right. going to be a mm-hmm. constant thing of going, catch yourself in them. And, and I think this is a, especially going to be for folks of probably parents. Cause people have commented on the Instagram. They go, Hey, you clearly aren't parents of daughters, bro. I'm like first of all, yes we both yeah. are. Should and second welcome. of all, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. My daughter should be able to wear whatever the fuck she yeah. wants or whatever she does not want to wear. It doesn't matter. Yeah. If a guy has a problem, if a person if if the whole idea is your daughters cannot dress a certain way because they will be lusted after or catcalled, well guess what, dude? That's this fucking guy's problem. And he can go take a
0: long walk off a, long, a short pier. They, like, fuck you. They're they're acting as if the problem is the individual and not the society that has already, like, conditioned men to be horn dogs. Yep. Like, my thing is, like you said, like, uh, waiting for marriage or, like, when you're dating as Christians, you have to wait for, like, your honeymoon or wait for your, your night. And then you can, like, sex God and stuff. But, like, what if, like, you don't want to have sex all the time? Because as boys, we were taught that, you, like you should, you should be lusting after everything. I'm like, I'm like, so it's so. Is every emotion I have lust? I don't right. understand what the difference is between me wanting cookies <laughs> and me wanting to fuck the cookies. Like Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, dude. Get the Dunkin' Donuts away from me. Give me those chocolate glaze. I. <laughs> I, I I, I, it's it's, it's confusing. It's, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. It's reductive. Yeah. And the problem is not our daughters. The problem is not our wives. The problem is not the clothes they wear. It's a society that allows catcalling. Mm-hmm. It's it's the other people in Whole Foods or Walmart or Target or walking on the sidewalk who don't say, hey, don't be a dick.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, this is none of your fucking business. Yeah. Get the fuck away. So,
0: the thing is, if I had curves, I would show them off constantly. But I don't. <laughs> If I can wear yoga pants, dude, if you can wear yoga pants, fucking rock it. If rock someone it. gives you shit about it, then just fart and walk <laughs> away, dude. Just fart on them and leave them in your trail. But I think it what's cool matter. is like, I think what we're finding is like we
1: are entering, I think there's a generation now, or or I should say a popularized idea now is more of like, you can literally do whatever the fuck you want. Like we, yeah. we are, I think we are starting to get there and I think it's it's so much better. And so when you see moments of like, Wear a turtleneck and slacks because that's what the boys like. Like, fuck, what are you talking about? What What,
0: what is happening right now? Yeah, because I... And I, it hits... It strikes a chord in the deconstruction space because so many of us have, like you said, done the work to unravel that. Yeah. And now we're just trying to explore what this new normal is. Yep. So when you hear someone echoing from your past with like a, a little sprinkle of, of newness to it, like, dude, what? Stop. Yeah. You're not only... Insulting and hurting us, you're also in further indoctrinating people who are still stuck in it. Yep. You're not helping anyone. This is like a circle jerk for you and in, 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 in your community. It's not worship music. It's not who's it uplifting. If you're writing music as a worship leader, who's this for? Yeah, this for your this? congregation to sing on Sunday morning. Right. Like this was made as an as a as a literal affront to what's oh the America's falling by the wayside, communism and all the boomer trigger words like. It's, it's, like you said, reductive. It's harmful. And at, at a certain point, when the thing you create has such an insane backlash, like, dude, well, I'm the common denominator here. Dude, we get so much backlash on shit, <laughs> right? But the overwhelming responses we get is like, thank you. This is great. I love DRCK. If it was, if it's swaying the other way, like, dude, we got to close that shop. Apparently, <laughs> we don't know what the fuck we're doing. If, if 99% yeah. of people reaching out to us are like, hey, um, you guys seem cool and all, but uh, just shut up. Um, I would take definitely take into consideration selling all this audio equipment and having more nights to myself. Um, <laughs> but uh, here we are, and um, yeah, Matthew West, once again, reach out to us. We can get in uh, touch with Patagonia, yep. North Face. I think it's, I'm not even sure if it's North Face, North Shore. Uh, it's, North Face. it's North Face. North Face. Get in touch. We have people in those places. Yep. We don't, but just get in touch with us. Modest I'm joking. No, I'm not. Get the fuck out of here, Matthew West. <laughs> That's been hell court. Justice has been served. We need a gavel sound. There it is. I just hit the table. <laughs> that was
1: me. that was absolutely outstanding. Thank you for doing that, good sir. Modest is hottest. God damn! I just think El of like court the, adjourned. The, te- the temperature rising. I just think of the. Um, what Was it? It squeaks when you bang it in the episode, the Office episode, where he, like it
0: was like an auction or something. <laughs> yes. Anyway, all right. We need oh, a little squeeze. She down. said, "Great, cool, cool, cool." So that this is not what we came. This is not why we are gathered here today, folks. Correct. Um. We uh, are going to talk about, uh, I think we are all, oh my God, I have like marbles in my mouth. You're doing great. We are all uh, <laughs> pretty familiar with, um, if you came from a Christian space, um, you have definitely heard about The Rapture, The End Times, um, uh, Kirk Cameron, uh, it made the movies, um, there's been merch sold about it. It's been a whole thing. So today on this episode of DRCK, we're going to touch on... On a little bit of the rapture. I will say this too is um yeah.
1: I, I was I was like, okay, we gotta have a song for the rapture. Yes. And I was like, surely there's like something there's like a rapture rap yeah. out there. Like it just the name lends itself to a rapture rap. Mm-hmm. I'm like, surely there's like a hokey VBS, like cheese ball yeah. rap that is just used to kind of like leverage uh like the scriptures into fear mongering. Mm-hmm. Like surely it's there somewhere. Yeah. And I, I couldn't seem to find it. Oh, wait a minute. Oh, oh! Here we go. There, there's one thing oh. here. This is the Rapture Rap. Yeah, I think I it looks heard. like it says by Mr. Josh and Mr. Adrian. Check this out. This might work. Let's let's play this. Hello, boys and girls. Welcome to Sunday School. We are your teachers, Mr. Josh and Mr. Adrian, here to teach you the Rapture Rap. Check it out.
0: The rapture is coming, you better beware Jesus returning, a glorious affair The mark of the beast, it's scary but true Except Christ in your heart, it's the right thing to do At any moment, every Christian will be taken The heathens left behind, in hell they'll be bacon. Is it pre-trib or post, we really don't know We listen to our pastor and he'll tell us how it goes The end of the world is nearly here With Jesus in your life, you can have no fear Now listen to my brother, he won't tell no fibs. Drop some rhymes is my buddy, Adrian Gibbs. <laughs> Tell them the truth, Adrian. I'm
1: going to stuck my shirt in. They need All right. to hear Don't mind if I do. the truth. This is the truth. My name is Adrian, and I'm here to say Can't wait for those trumpets, I'll be swept away The Lord's coming back when nobody knows Leaving nothing in the streets but your piles of clothes We'll meet Christ in the air for the Christian kind But say your prayers every night so we don't change his mind Heaven will be going, then the blood will start flowing Cause Jesus loves you, but like, how do you know it? You don't know you don't know, just keep praying, cause you don't know, just keep saying that you don't know Jesus coming, He's coming, coming. You don't know, you don't know, just keep praying, cause you don't know, just keep saying that you don't know Jesus coming, He's coming, coming. Well, there you go—the rapture rap. The rapture rap,
0: a little R and A little you. classic R and R, everyone. <laughs> so when Adrian's like, "We gotta do a rapture rap," so I'm like, "Dude, this is what I was meant to do. I was meant to be a Sunday school rapper." <laughs> I I think there there's got to be some sort of market here. Uh, Dude, if, if John Chris can be a Christian comedian, <laughs> fucking sexually Matthew, harass people and come back, Matthew West can write a song about How? What's stopping us, dude? There's nothing stopping us. You can be Josh. I'll be Adrian. We'll confuse everyone. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Yeah, so we're talking it, about the rapture, yeah. and this is actually inspired uh, by an interview we did on uh, Bobo Dum Dums. If you don't know what that is, that's our Patreon-exclusive extra episode we put out a month, um, and for this one month, we actually... Int- uh, Interviewed, I almost said introduced, interviewed uh, one of our uh, people in our Discord. Shout out to Carolyn. It was a great conversation. Yeah. And she brought up end of the world anxiety, rapture anxiety. And when she said that, it was another Joe Lumen moment. Like, oh, that's that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's like you've just discovered what that new Pokemon is. Like, that's what it is. That's what you call it. It's a turtle that shoots water. It's a war turtle. Yeah, that's what it is. <laughs> so rapture anxiety, it's ex- like, holy shit yeah that was like
1: it leveled me leveled me what's interesting is that someone had asked us this on our one-year episode they sent us a question like what do you think of rapture anxiety Mm -hmm. so i had heard it before but we didn't really think to dedicate all this time to it and at the time i was kind of like i don't think i had it and then that was it and then when we actually had this conversation with carolyn as she was expressing her story i was like oh jk Mm -hmm. i remember this now so it was one of those things where we left that conversation where, like, we have to have a full episode on this. It just, it, yeah. we had to. Um, so, 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 I think it's important to start with this. um You could tell by the song. Look, we are going to riff on this idea. We're going to unpack our experiences, folks. But, like, we are completely aware that there is actual harm that has happened to folks. Oh, yes. People have actually been harmed by this. And we're going to hear some stories from Bad Apples Mm -hmm. that have submitted their stories about the ways that they have been harmed, right? So this is something that we're going to talk about, and we're going to, like, talk about our own personal Mm -hmm. anecdotes and our thoughts on the thing. However, if at any point you feel like this isn't for you, then it's not for you. Yeah, Like, if you're listening to this, like, and you start to feel like this is messing you up, please don't listen to this. It's yeah. like a- as thrilled as we are to be to have you all listening. Uh, we also want you to know that if this is not
0: serving you, then don't listen to it. it not every episode is for yeah. everyone. There's a reason it's called Rapture Anxiety. Yeah, and that's not a joke. Like we laugh about a lot of things because if we don't laugh, we're gonna cry. <laughs> right. um, but if at any point you feel like that anxiety creeping up, or there's some shitty memories you're going through, just dump the episode. Yep. I'll tell you what to do right now. Go on your podcast app and download Freedom the podcast with Love Paul F. Tompkins. Um, Lauren Lapkus and Scott, Scott Ackerman. Yeah. If you, if any of you guys know them, also send them our way. <laughs> That's a funny podcast. They talk about bullshit and Crocs a lot, the shoes. Um, but there's some history to this Rapture bullshit, mm-hmm. and some of it actually ties back into the. Uh, when we did the American nationalism Christian or whatever. Nationalism, yeah. It's funny like how the stuff ties together. Weird. It's Weird. Like, <laughs> there's no such thing as a coincidence. It's almost like,
1: like it's systematic or systemic. Whatever. Systematics, it's all the systematic. same. You sound like Systemics. Josh Link
0: now. You don't know words. I don't know words. Don't know you, come words. Out, you come back from Denver, a worse <laughs> <don't> person. <laughs> a worse person? Go back. You come back as me, dude. I don't need another me. I need an Adrian. Come back, Adrian. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so you adrian do you want to give us some of the historical background i mean if you listen to that uh vote like a christian episode Mm -hmm. you'll have some of these names will jump out to you um john nelson darby being one of them uh he's kind of the, the guy to blame for all of this god damn you yeah dude um so yeah adrian i'll give us some historical background on uh this rapture stuff
1: yeah, absolutely. So the way it's like the way the way from what I've done, and I've done just a ton of research, y'all. I know you guys listen to this for our academic expertise, all of our educational prowess. So thank you so much. The, here. the jokes, welcome back. the
0: jokes you guys get for free, but we're here to deep dive into American history. Yeah, welcome back into, to the Ivory Tower. Yeah, oh my God, <laughs> that's a great name for an asshole podcast, dude. <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Hashtag Welcome Back to the Ivory Tower. That's, de- that's Stephen Crowder, the conservative asshole. Is definitely going to take that. So, but go ahead.
1: Sorry. So. It started in Europe in the like early 19th century, mm-hmm. and this is around the time, around then, there was a bunch of these sort of charismatic revivals that are happening all yeah. around Europe, I think England specifically. And so you would see a lot of these sort of like town-to-town revivals, and it's very charismatic in nature, like a lot of um, prophecy and visions and all these things. And actually, one a woman by the name of Margaret MacDonald, mm-hmm. I think she was young. I feel like, uh, based on she, our conversation, she's like a teenager. Yeah, she was a teenager, yeah. And she had this vision of the Lord taking those to Himself. Like mm-hmm. this, he, she had basically this vision of the Rapture. Yeah. And um, up until this point, up until the 19th century, the Rapture was not a thing. Yeah. And that's what's so wild to me. And and the same way that it was a mind fuck when he talked about the Christian nationalism mm-hmm. thing how so much of this kind of evangelical thing is new, like brand spanking new uh, comparatively. Yes. That's what happened here, is that she had this vision of the rapture, and right around this time, uh, John Nelson Darby kind of caught wind of this. I think, depending on where you read, like there was a couple like people that said that he actually was thinking the same thing at the Mm -hmm. same time she had her vision. No, it doesn't. No one cares. It doesn't matter. Point is, he caught wind of this idea that basically... Jesus was going to come and rapture the believers to himself for a period of time at, at which point the world was going to be judged harshly, but God's wrath is going to be poured out on the world. Mm -hmm. And then after a certain amount of time of people getting, basically their asses kicked and they get, that's like their second chance to be saved. Then Jesus was going to come back. And so this whole thing is called, um, pre trib. Yeah. Uh, dispensationalist theology I, I hate theology so much and i hate the words that i'm saying right now but i was trying to add
0: some context basically in the 19th century he brought that to the u.s yeah it's like uh, going to a restaurant that just adds things on top of your chicken sandwich to call it something fancier <laughs> dude it's still a chicken sandwich yeah please stop. pre-trib dispensational yeah. but pre-trib uh, refers to all the events of the rapture Um, happening before the tribulations. And tribulations is is a fancy word to say the bad times when all the suffering is going to happen. There's also post-tribulation, which is everyone will be raptured after all the bad stuff happens, after the Antichrist grows to 17 heads (laughs) and fights off some other worldly creature um, from the Marvel Universe or some bullshit. (laughs) Um, To put this into perspective, right, I think it's really important for us to understand time frames especially now that time has seemingly lost all meaning in the middle of COVID. It no longer exists. Yeah. yeah. We're living in a void. <laughs> Once again, we laugh because we yeah. don't, we cry. <laughs> <laughs> we're living in a void and nothing matters. So, yeah, fuck, it's all the end. Um, so uh, this vision that Margaret McDonald had, and it, it, it's, it, it is um, disputed. And if you go on the re- religious websites, they'll say this, she had nothing to do with it because of, cause she's a woman. And I'm sure there's a lot of reasons they have to not give her credit for right. anything. Modest hottest. Of yeah. Course. Uh, but this vision happened in 1830s, okay? 1830, that's when... That's, see, how many years is that? In nine years, that'll be 200 years removed. That's wild. It's not even 200 years that we've e- list, existed with this rapture idea. Yep. Which to us as okay. children was fed as literal gospel. Yeah. Some of us have 100-year-old
1: relatives. So, like, their grandparents... <laughs> Yeah, we're there when it started. Like, yes. it, we it's, are so close. It's
0: insane. Yeah, it, and I, I think because for a lot of reasons, like, uh, if you're listening to this and you live in the USA, we have very little history. It's we're still a very young country. Mm. Uh, Europe has more history. There's a lot of countries that have a lot more legacy behind it. So to put things in perspective, I think it's good good to go back and see when these things started, put a date on it, and realize, holy shit, it's not even 200 years, and that's a blip. And and
1: even. On top of the fact of how recent it was, the actual source of it,
0: sus. Oh, yeah. At best, sus. You, you can find, I, and I think it was on, uh, which is the weirdest thing. I haven't heard of this word until, like since like the 90s watching daytime TV. And it was a, a commercial for Encyclopedia Britannica. Nice. But I found uh, her actual quotes of the rapture. And they mm. highlight the important parts, which have gone on to uh, kind of form what we know the rapture is today. But just sit on this. 1830. Not even two hundred years ago, and no one told us that. No one told us that we learned it when I learned it in the eighties and nineties. Hey, this is kind of new stuff. Yeah. But this is what we're thinking because they were they were already they were already committed to this is literally what's happening. And we're going to talk about
1: it. But the ways in which people's lives, the way that the, the face of America, because mm-hmm. because based on the conversation with Christian nationalism, yeah, the entirety of, of American white evangelicalism as we know it mm-hmm. was formed yeah. by a vision that a teenager had. 200 years ago. Yeah, I keep
0: thinking about Vision from WandaVision.
1: It'd have been informed better. Informed
0: by Vision. By Paul Bettany. If Paul <laughs> Bettany would have informed all of our religion. I'm cool with that, actually. Way more classy. <laughs> classy.
1: Classy as fuck. As fuck. Classy yeah. as
0: fuck. So, Margaret MacDonald, 19th century, 1830. We put a pin in that right there. Yep. But John Nelson Darby brings it to the U.S. Yep. along with a whole bunch of other bullshit in his basket. Yep. That's a great title bullshit for something. Bullshit in his basket. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, so what what happened with her, Mr. John Nelson Darby? So then when, when he comes
1: when he comes to the US, he connects with D.L. Moody. Uh, oh, you famously, all know who that is. Woo! Famously of, of the Moody, Moody Institute. Institute, yeah. So and 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 Moody was the one that was responsible for. I, I believe he was like prominent in Illinois, mm-hmm. prominent in like the Texas. So basically he brought this idea to the Midwest, yeah. which kind of explains a lot. Like yeah, that was like belt. the birth yeah. the buckle of the belt, baby. Mm-hmm. And so That's kind of where it started. And then if you look at all the ways that unraveled, it's like God is coming, like Jesus is coming back, and it's happening real quick. Mm -hmm. So, like, we need to make things happen. And so I don't want to overhash, rehash the things we talked about in Christian nationalism, but it's this idea that happened. I will say, I I found this out um, shortly after, right? So say Margaret MacDonald had her vision in 1830. Yeah. Fourteen years later was the Great Disappointment of eighteen forty four, not to be confused with the Great Disappointment yeah, of nineteen eighty nine, which is what my mother calls me. Oh my God. Uh, of twenty twelve, what my wife called our honeymoon? <laughs> uh, yeah, so there we go. The Great Disappointment, jokes, jokes, jokes. That is
0: such a good name for something. <laughs> the Great Disappointment of twenty twelve. I just imagine like as a as a as a like a kid like taking a test and standing up and go teacher. <laughs> This has been a great disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> just such an
1: assertive thing to say. This has been the great disappointment of June 27. <laughs> oh. It's so good. God, man, that's really good. So sorry to sidetrack that, but so, it's so good. The great disappointment. <laughs> it just sounds like a person. <laughs> You're just calling them out, like, and
0: then the fucking great disappointment was born. I'm not going to say it was Bill, but not gonna say it's hey not guys a shh, the great disappointment showed up <laughs> <laughs> alright
1: people look if you really want to have a really good inside joke like a really good DRCK inside joke whenever some asshole shows up to like a family gathering you really don't love you're like hey uh, man the great disappointment of 2021
0: uh, GD's here guys <laughs> just don't say anything GD's here oh man okay so, so the, the great, great disappointment, disappointment of whenever the fuck it happened so it, this took place it's called 14 it, years after her vision
1: yep Basically, this was a man by the name of something Miller, the Millerites, Millerites, sure. whatever. There's no way of knowing. I found out and I, I gave up. Yeah. He determined that the Lord was coming back based on this oh, rapture theology. I love it so, so much. It, it was so close in proximity. They're like, oh my God, she had the vision. Mm-hmm. It must be happening, right? Mm. And so you look at the world and you see all the things that are happening, and he's like, the Lord is coming back. Yeah. So he recruited and convinced 10,000 people like tens of thousands of people across the United States and Europe to sell their things, to pack their bags, because they are going. And they basically just stood all day outdoors in a field waiting for Jesus to come back. And then imagine their surprise when Jesus didn't show up. And so then he had to cycle back and go, oh, shoot, no, I messed up. It's not this year. And he picked another different date. The second great disappointment which was
0: uh, my younger brother. <laughs> it's like we're standing in a field. Like it's like seven thirty. Sun's going down. Is like, Mr. Miller, <laughs> this has been a great <laughs> disappointment. <laughs> and they just like like military turn around and, and walk, walk away. Like, <laughs> wait, wait, like, come, on, <laughs> come on, come on, come it's, on. Wait,
1: it's it's five more years. <laughs> a- and so then he basically did it again, and, and it happened again. So, but that's a tale as. All this time, and that's the thing. Is like, I love it. I want to see it. It's incredible. Like, and so if you look at all these stories of people, and we're going to hear it, and we're going to talk about it, everyone is convinced that Jesus is returning, and we know when it's going to happen. It's like, dude, this happened like the day after rapture theology was invented. Like, this has been happening from day one. So, the whole thing is
0: just so new and. This is old. What's funny is that, I mean, I really enjoy just not chaos because it makes me sound like a villain. But <laughs> I, I enjoy just watching the Joker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I uh, if I if I've tried to quote the Joker, I'm so fucking tired. My father was a drinker. Where That's my I, impression. Where did I get these scars? <laughs> that sounds like wow. Right? Oh my god. Holy shit! Yeah. I thought Heath Ledger was back yeah, from did. the dead. I'm sorry. Uh, uh, R.I.P. Rest in power. Um, A Knight's Tale, by far. Uh, Yeah, I think it's my favorite movie of him. Um, Paul Bettany is also
1: in that one. Oh, my God. Dude, it's the vision, dude. The
0: vision. So it's funny because uh, this trope of people uh, guessing when the world is going to end and then having to pick up the pieces after it doesn't end was even carried through via song by Nickel Creek. Hmm. There's a song called 21st of May, and they wrote it making fun of someone who then just decided the world was going to end on the 21st of May, and then- like the rest of the song is like the guy coming to reconciliation with the fact that he's an idiot. Um, it's a really good song, look it up. They're a very talented acoustic folk band. But it is so interesting with the, the certainty that this man had in 18 what is it? 44, yep. is the same certainty that pastors and people still have today and are certain that oh, I know this is going to happen this day. And, the, and the also it's kind of like if you buy a pair of shoes or in, in your instance like a really nice watch or you you acquire something or you do something then you start noticing it everywhere yeah it's like the lens through which you see the world will determine what you see in the world so if you're mm. like she had this vision so that's already kind of like informing your your decision and your outlook well the world's ending and you you already are looking for things that are bad yes i mean there's shit going down all the time and we have more access to it now than ever but it also, it's how you, what you do with that information. So yep. if you're looking for the world to end, it's always going to be ending to you. Totally. But it is glorious. To quote King Solomon, there's nothing new under the sun. Oof. I quoted the Bible. Wow. Yeah. For all you... Uh, all right, everyone. What a great disappointment this show has become. <laughs> God damn. I need to find a movie clip with just that great disappointment. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the history behind it. There's a lot to fill in there. And if you want to do it, then good luck. Down deep, that baby Wikipedia rabbit hole. Yeah. Um, just be careful what you read. Cause there's a lot, uh, I stumbled upon a lot of non-religious looking websites that were religious. Nice. Um, and they were just completely sideways. Um, but how did you come into contact with the rapture stuff? Was it because I, I know there's different terms for it. Yeah. Um, there's different forms of media that have uh, interpreted it. Yeah. Um, how how was that for you? Like your own interaction with the Rapture? So I was I was
1: a charismatic boy. Yeah, I was brought up, and, and I spent every summer at my grandpa's Pentecostal church. And so every summer I would be there. And when I say Pentecostal, th- my my grandparents were the Pentecostal type, where my grandma never cut her hair. Gotcha. She only wore dresses, never wore pants, never wore makeup, or pierced her ears. Um, they didn't own a TV. They didn't have a Christmas tree, right? They were wow. so, they were like very Pentecostal. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what's interesting is that so much of the, I think the idea behind not having a TV and not dressing like the culture and not trying to be hip with it mm-hmm. was like, what's the point? Yeah. Like there's no point getting too attached to this place. Yeah. There is nothing about this place that we should be in love with. Because we're not going to be around very that's long. That's a
0: good point. That's a really good point.
1: And I think, too, is like we would read these, they would they would talk about these Bible passages where it would say, in the twinkling of an eye, we will be taken up and meet the Lord in the sky or something. Basically, in a flash, right? Also, kind if, of you're, blink it, of an
0: if eye. you're seeing twinklings in your eyes, consult your nearest physician, okay? <laughs> okay. This that, is brought to you that's by. That's the most it. Disney thing
1: fucking ever. <laughs> in the twinkling of an eye, yeah. And, and so, and, you know, so we, I never really had, um, And we can talk about it, but I didn't really have like experience with the left behind books. Mm, I know a lot of people did. That was never really my thing. Mm -hmm. And then I never, um, I didn't watch like a thief in the night. Mm -hmm. I didn't watch those movies, but like I was there at the big tent revivals, man, at the sermons. And they would basically say, you know, Jesus is coming back. And at any moment we could just hear the thundering of trumpets and that's it. Mm. Um, a story that I've shared before, but I'll share again because it fits the episode. I was about seven years old, and we had a guest preacher come through, and he was asking for a volunteer, and of course, I was the pastor's grandson, Mm -hmm. his only grandson at the time, and so I volunteered, and he said, all right, Adrian, I want you to just kind of play along, and he said, Adrian is sleeping one night. Good night, Grandma and Grandpa. Good night, Mom and Dad, and he wakes up, says, Mom, when's breakfast? No response. Adrian sits up, and of course, I sat up, and Mm -hmm. I looked around. And he said, and his family's gone. Adrian gets up. He runs through the house. He, he he grabbed me by the hand, and him and I ran all around the sanctuary. And he's like, Adrian's looking for—he's calling for his grandma. He's mm-hmm. calling—and they are all gone. He runs outside. Everyone is gone. The whole world is—it is just Adrian. And it came to a point where everyone was crying as they watched me run around, and I started to cry yeah. as I was getting yeah. pulled around. Because at a certain point— I was starting to actually feel the fear Mm. of what that would feel like. And so this man was showing me as a seven-year-old the possible reality that everyone I love could vanish and I would be left to fend for myself. And, And for those of you who... Aren't familiar with this? The idea of the rapture, like I said, is the idea that people will just disappear. Mm-hmm. That you will be hanging out, and the Bible would talk about this one passage, and he said one man, two men will be in the field, and then one will be there, and the other will be gone. Mm-hmm. Is this? And so that was very much like a thing. And so when you hear all these stories about like there'll be nothing left but their piles of clothes, which by the way, y'all just being naked up in heaven, just be bro. If, dicks I, out.
0: if I walk outside and I see people floating to heaven, with floppy floppies going everywhere, dude. <laughs> I'm going to take a hit (laughs) again of whatever I just took a hit of or drank. And go back to bed, baby.
1: Yeah, Yeah, that was fucking great. So I I, I think very prominent in my mind Mm -hmm. was this feeling that at any moment, everything could change. I also was so young that I didn't understand the idea of the tribulation. So I didn't understand the idea that once people are gone, then the people left over had to basically... And the way it works too, folks, is like the people that were left... Are gonna to be tortured for being believers, but those who stay true to Christ, who don't get the mark of the beast, which is like a chip or a tattoo on your face. Depends on what time. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like a like a freaking Mike Tyson tribal tattoo <laughs> so on your fun. face. Too good. If you stay true to the end after that duration, I believe they said it's seven years, mm-hmm. then when Jesus comes back for good, then you can also be saved.
0: And then like there's new Jerusalem, which is apparently a new earth Jesus is gonna create and or it's God like descending or, or whatever. Who knows? Yeah. So
1: I, I think the fear of the rapture was actually a thing and it's so interesting to think about I like you almost like didn't want you're like, please let me just die. Mm. I would yeah. I was like, I want to die before the end of the world. Mm-hmm. What a weird thing to install to instill in a child you're like, I really hope that mm. I die. Before Jesus comes back. Yeah. Because if Jesus comes back, that means that I wasn't raptured and it means that a lot of bad shit, I would have to survive a lot of terrible mm-hmm. shit before yeah, it happens. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It's how about you? What was your hours of the therapy right
0: there <laughs>
1: <laughs> or one DRCK podcast? No, Just kidding. Yeah. Just kidding. The, the therapy, therapy is go. way, way yeah. <laughs> more uh, worth it. How about you? What was your experience with uh, um, rapture theology?
0: So, like, like, Adrian, you gave a, a a preface before we started this. Like, I don't think you need to be uh, really tied to rapture experiences or, ex- like, explicitly felt them to experience the product of of what they caused, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So, because my, I, I was intimately tied to rapture stuff. One, because that's just what I'm attracted to. I like the end of the world. Like, I, I love, like, uh, dystopian sci-fi shit. And so I kind of hung into that. But before I get into that, the the sense of urgency that, that is in Christianity is because of the rapture. Mm. The uh uh like no care for the earth or just like fuck who cares that the sea levels are rising. It's because this world doesn't matter and it's we're just here to hang out. Yeah. It's just it's just the waiting room to get to heaven. Yep. So you don't need to be tied or watched left behind or thief in the night or Frank Peretti's This Present Darkness, which fucked me up Did you you read those books
1: or did you read? Oh, dude. Yeah. I did. Okay.
0: Um, To, to really understand you have felt it. If you were in Christianity for any moment, um, you felt that sense of urgency and you felt that sense of like, we got to do it because the world's going to end. So to answer your question, um, yeah, my, uh, my mom really got into the left behind series and the book, the front covers look pretty cool. Um, So I read all of them and uh, I took to heart what they said as, as truth. Um, and it, it made really like hard assertions on who the Antichrist is going to be, where it's going to come from. Mm. And once again, this is why the uh, Western Christianity ties itself so closely to Israel because they believe if they do, they'll be safe in the end times, a whole bunch of other bullshit. Um, so Left Behind series was interesting, but like like I mentioned before, the Frank, Peretti, Frank E. Peretti, This Present Darkness, really, I mean, he's an excellent writer. It made me... like be able to picture in my young mind actual spiritual warfare to where i thought it was a fucking real thing like demons and stuff demons and angels constantly fighting like all around you. it's a fictional story but it takes place in a small town um and there's another book called the oath i think that that book i read the thing i remember the most about the oath which talks about i believe the oath you have to take to get the mark of the beast or uh conversely the oath you take to join christ forever (laughs) Um, the, the front cover was fucking terrifying. It was like mm. claws through whatever the front of the page, but both of those books made me think that spiritual warfare, was literally happening yeah. any and all times. Of course. And so as a seven, eight, nine year old dude, you're supposed to be eating like too many Cheez-Its or something. <laughs> you're supposed to be falling down, getting scraped knees, yeah. like learning how to do things like sports or really getting into whatever you're into as a kid. You're not supposed to be thinking that there's actual angels and demons fighting over every mortal soul. That's the beginning of a mortal Kombat (laughs) video game. This is not a life of a, of a freaking adolescent. Yeah. So Frank Peretti's book, it's so good. It'd be so good if I didn't treat it as gospel. And so many others did now. No one said, Hey Josh, this is for real forever, but you're fucking impressionable as a kid. So Frankie Peretti's this present darkness fucked me up hard. Um, left behind was a big thing. Like I said, read all those books, watch the movie, watch the movies. I, Kirk. I don't do anything half ass. I did it too much, man. <laughs> I dove head first into that. Um, and then it, it felt like it was like a really just big thing for a bit. It was like a hot topic. And it was just I, the books. And, and and I think the prevalence of the books and the books getting onto like these quote unquote secular bestsellers really mm-hmm. had everyone kind of celebrate all oh, Christian media. Yeah. Yeah. Yada, yada. Kirk Cameron made his bag. Ten times over. For real. And didn't use any of that to make his fucking Christmas movie. I mean, what Dude, spend some movie. cash, you idiot. <laughs> Growing Pains and Left Behind series. You got cash you got to spend. Money.
1: You got the money to spend it.
0: Um, and your sister is also in Full House, which I didn't make the connection between Candace Cameron and Kirk Cameron until way too late in my life. <laughs> Told you how smart I was. What a great disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, but it, it's interesting how later in life, as I kind of left that Left Behind and kind of got jokey and kind of hokey. I didn't think about it as much, but it was always on my mind. Like I could wake up and everyone's gone. Mm-hmm. Clothes or not, that was disputable. Ugh, clothes or not, like there's always just dumb arguments about the specifics of it, but I never addressed the anxiety I felt. Like I could be walking with my mom in the grocery store and turn and she's gone and like half of the store is gone yep. or planes are crashing because the pilot's Thanos gone. And the snap. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It, it's such a weird thing to have on your shoulder. Yeah. Because, like I said, it causes this sense of urgency where I have to do these things before the inevitable outcome of my future, it, like, arrives. And, um, and, and it makes a lot of things you do on Earth, like, meaningless.
1: Do you ever have the uh, fear of the second coming while you're coming? Dude,
0: we talked about it with Danny <laughs> Pratt on our
1: first <laughs> podcast, dude. I was so afraid yes. that Jesus was going to come back while I was masturbating. I was like, this... I- <laughs> like my biggest fear and, and I think Pete Holmes in his book Comedy Sex God said it too which is like apparently this is a universal idea where I was like god please do not return lord while I'm taking care of my business right now mean you know, like while I'm giving my, myself a high five cuz I do not want to have to deal with the awkwardness of having to the look Jesus only in the thing eye weirder than my mom catching me <laughs> is the lord of hosts would be the lord most high
0: <laughs> I died for this <laughs> That away. I'm like, you knit me in my mother's <laughs> womb, bro. This is your fault. Is that Crisco? You're using Crisco? I don't know what to do with my genitals, Jesus. Anything the- is lube if you're willing to go through enough pain. There are sprinkles in that chocolate. Really? My masturbation is sponsored by Dunkin' Donuts. (laughs) This
1: has been brought to you by Dunkin' Donuts. America runs on Dunkin'.
0: There's an Instagram and Twitter account that's not run by either of us called uh, Out of Context DRCK. That's (laughs) fucking on there. You're You're welcome. welcome, Whoever runs that. Um, But yeah, it's just like with anything else in Christianity, it's it's it it doesn't exist in a vacuum. It it very much permeates everything. Yeah. Um, And it's so interesting because. Like Christian culture is so ready just to take everything and kind of like stick it together like a fucking blob of just whatever and like this is what we're all existing in this bubble it has to include rapture it has to include some uh, some th- uh, theological uh, opinion about the afterlife and uh, what the what the Trinity is and and all this and the Holy Spirit and baptism and faith or baptism as a toddler, like all this shit. But when it comes to like critically thinking or, or using logic to think about things, Outside the Christian bubble, there's no time for it. Just immerse yourself in these fucking fiction books about the end of the world, but don't w- literally worry about whatever is happening—the Gulf War and all this bullshit that I was living through—the O.J. Simpson car chase and fucking 9/11 and uh, like the 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 uh, what housing crash, like sure, the Columbine shooting. Like yeah, all there's, there's so much shit yeah. th- that to actually be the church and address, but. By all means, just fall into another fiction hole and then bury your head in the sand. um so that was my kind of experience with it. Uh, Caroline, in our interview with her, talked about Thief in the night, um which by her description is a very fucking horrible movie. not interested in watching that. yeah, I'm probably not gonna watch watched. it when I'm high. <laughs> oh, um, but uh yeah it, it's it's so sad because and this is it's funny. But it's not. I went to a Christian high school. um, Actually, Christian elementary, kindergarten, middle school, and high school. It's all the the same school. Still around. Um, And I think I've mentioned this before, but uh, towards like my sophomore, junior, and senior year, at least twice or three times a year, we'd have a guy come in, uh, very tight shirt, very short tie, muscular as hell, and his first name was Joe and his last name was King, so his name was Joe King. Joe King, which is awesome.
1: My father. Yeah, he swore. (laughs) Fuck
0: man. (laughs) Heath, calm down. Okay. Sorry, I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> Woo-ha! That's my Joker. Wow, that was beautiful. <laughs> Whoa, holy shit! Are you talking to me? That's my Joker. <laughs> I got t- two uh, two bullets in this, You feel lucky, punk? <laughs> That's my Joker. <laughs> so Joe King would show up, and just pull these credentials out of his assumingly muscular ass because this guy's muscular. Oh, rock everywhere. hard glutes. Um, yeah. Uh, but he, every year or every, like however often he'd come to our, our chapel, he would always have, well, this year I got insight. It's going to be a chip. It's going to be between your index and your middle finger or in your temple. That's the mark of the beast. And this is what they're trying to do. He to would say you
1: say this to the whole school, just like a school assembly, the whole <laughs> fucking chapel just, <laughs> and no one <laughs> Everyone laughed just, him can, off. Everyone's just like listening to like conspiracy theories. Just guys, just hear me out. Freaks hear me out. Y'all it's a and, chip.
0: Every year, your dick. dude, it was the fuck. Every year, something different, and like he had slideshows. Oh my god! And we would all go. We sit there and just listen to this guy. Then I have to go to math. <laughs> and see, me, my buddies, like, dude, what, what do I do with what th- the fuck? <laughs> what is uh, hey, what uh. is PEMDAS matter? <laughs> parentheses, exponents, <laughs> multiplication, division, addition, subtraction. That's so true. I'm gonna get a chip in my face, dude. <laughs> Mitochondria can suck a dick i don't care i don't care about like (laughs) the energy uh, of the cell (laughs) dude we're gonna die (laughs) it was just the weirdest thing it didn't happen once it happened multiple times yeah yeah and it was in a chapel of a very prominent private school and the thing is a lot of these kids weren't didn't like weren't wouldn't call themselves christians i mean some of them uh were like of the hindu faith and some of them were catholics and it kind of ran the gamut. It was in Hialeah, which is a very prominent uh, Latin community, but because the school had so much accolades, a lot of people would come all over from it hmm. uh, to go there. And so even though they weren't Christians themselves, I'm sure this fucked them up. Of course. Because we are yeah. in in high school. <laughs> I don't give a shit about trigonometry, dude. Oh, yeah. Why, why learn about history? There is soon to be no history. <laughs> Everything's going to die. It's all history. <laughs> We're all history. Yeah. And, and then he yeah. knew about the bombs And the missiles that were going to get shot out, and he was able to, which is the craziest thing, right? At this point, without the backing of Scripture, he sounds like a college preacher just Mm -hmm. yelling. Mm -hmm. But when he's able to back it up with Revelations, you don't know. Like, oh, the seven-headed demon is actually this whole entire missile system that the U.S. has been working on called Project Out My Ass. I don't know what it's called. Out my muscular muscular ass. (laughs) Out my glutes. (laughs) Uh, but it was just the weirdest, like looking and back
1: you now, would think that as truth. I mean, why would yeah. a person, why would this adult with facts and figures yeah. lie to you? Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. And I thought that was a norm. Like yeah. my, my other friends who didn't go to my school, like weren't having chapels with the end of the world talked about. <laughs> That's crazy. Like, why do I care about SATs? Yeah. Why do I care about where do I go to college? Like right. everything's going to end. Yep. Yep. And I still haven't had sex. <laughs> how How wild is it that I used to feel guilty
1: that I did not want Jesus to come back until I had sex. I used to feel like, Oh yeah. I used to be like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, God, but like, please just hold out. Like Th- just That wait. is a
0: perfect intersection of
1: purity culture and rapture anxiety. <laughs> yeah. It's it's like the meme of like the guy, the superhero who can't tell what button to press. Yes. It's like, wait for true love waits or Jesus come quick. Yes. Like you don't know
0: which one you because want. Because like sex is the end all be all, <laughs> totally. but the literal end all be all could happen <laughs>
1: anytime. <laughs> Oh my god The Ooh, end all be all Which
0: is Which is the worst Which is the last of two evils So yeah It the, it was like And, and it, It's actually The the name of, of a, a chariot album Called Wars and Rumors of Wars mm-hmm. It just perpetuates This Military mindset That America So loves to throw money at we have, we, we have to just We have to Just take over these nations And kind of give them The good news Of democracy yeah. And slowly try to build This Christian nation Um and because the world is ending.
2: Hey guys, this is Rob in Fort Worth, Texas. I was raised in an Assemblies of God church and like most charismatic churches, the rapture was an ever-present topic. Dramas or human videos commonly featured people being left behind. We read all the kids left behind books in my Christian school. My parents read the adult left behind books and it was commonly spoken about from the pulpit. I was a naturally anxious kid, so the fact—and it wasn't a possibility, it was a fact—that the rapture was imminent was my biggest fear. Being Assemblies of God, we were taught we could lose our salvation, so I lived in constant fear that I had sinned without knowing it and might be left behind. So I'd constantly say the sinner's prayer like a nervous tick, and I'd make sure it was the last thing I did before going to sleep just in case. Looking back, it just makes me angry. Uh, This supposed amazing gift of eternal life was tinged with so much fear and anxiety. I never felt the freedom that, you know, was so commonly spoke about, and uh, I only felt fear and guilt. So as a parent now, I have no idea what I'm going to teach my kids regarding faith since I'm still figuring all this out. But two things I will teach them is that hell isn't real and that the rapture is bullshit.
3: Hey, bad apples my name is heather and i'm in austin texas i remember hearing about the rapture growing up but i didn't really think too much about it until one night the youth choir i was in performed at a revival at a southern baptist church and the pastor was spewing all the usual fire and brimstone stuff and talking about how anyone who wasn't saved was going to be tortured here on earth and then sent to hell to suffer for eternity i remember going home that night and not being able to sleep because i was so scared I'd always worried that I wasn't actually saved, even though I'd prayed the sinner's prayer, I don't know how many times, and I didn't know how I could know for sure. I was already an anxious kid and a perfectionist, so hearing about the rapture in that way made it so much worse because I thought that if I messed up at all, I was doomed. The rapture could happen at any time, and if I wasn't being good at all times, I was gonna suffer and then go straight to hell when it happened. Looking back, the rapture is just another tool that the church uses to scare people and manipulate them into doing God's will aka what the church wants them to do. All
4: right so my name is Ashton Prescott and I'm from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma so I guess the, the buckle of the Bible belt. And I grew up really during the height of uh, kind of the left behind rapture popularity. I seem to it's back in the day that like the way into like Christianity was to kind of like scare scary right so anyways I was terrified and petrified as a kid of the rapture happening at really any moment so every night I remember going before uh, before I go to bed I would uh, ask God to uh, come live with my heart um, and forgive me for all my sins um, that I've done and that I'm going to do so like uh, future reading. Readying myself and preparing myself. And then I maybe did that. I forgot to ask for forgiveness for. Um, but my family, a uh, bunch of pranksters. And so they like to pretend that the rapture uh, was happening, which terrified me. I was probably like 12. And so I remember distinctly one night. Um, my uh, my mom left a pile of clothes on the floor. And I hid and I walked into her room, and her clothes are on the floor, and I can't find her anywhere, and I'm yelling, "Mom, mom, mom!" And it's—I assume instantly, like, "Oh, the rapture has happened. I am left behind." But well, my sister, my younger sister, is still here, um, and she was definitely better than me. And so I—I uh, <laughs> told her, like, "Jump on my back, because if like you get sucked up into heaven, maybe I'll like be able to hitch hike along." Um, obviously, it wasn't the rapture. It was just my mom. Playing a prank on me. But to this day, as a 31 year old man who uh, doesn't identify as a Christian anymore, um, anytime I'm walking with a group of people or, um, you know, with someone and maybe they fall behind or they um, kind of veer to a different path, I instantly assume the rapture has happened or is happening. So, yeah, that's something. I, I was so terrified as a rapture as a kid, I buried my Left Behind book in the backyard. Um, So definitely not a healthy healthy upbringing when it comes to the rapture. But anyway, maybe someone can relate to that story.
5: Hi, my name is Kyla, and I'm in southeast Tennessee. I grew up in a non-denominational congregation known as Calvary Chapel, and they teach rapture doctrine. Uh, My parents were very serious about the rapture and end times and tribulation. Uh, We had a lot of books on it growing up in my household, and I had some of the Left Behind series as a kid. Um, An important bit to know is that I had undiagnosed anxiety slash panic disorder. Um, Still do. And uh, yeah, so rapture doctrine was not ideal for me. Um, when I was about nine or 10, my dad sat us down and we watched a movie where it was supposed to be the end times and people were getting their heads cut off for not believing. And so there was this scene where a man, a woman, and a child had accepted the Lord and they were sitting in jail waiting to have their heads cut off. And the man had like given the boy a balloon and at one point you see him look out of a window in the jail cell and the balloon floats away and he thinks that they've like chopped the head off of this small child and that was just a horrific uh thing for me as a kid and then a year later September 11th happened and all the adults around me were talking about how you know this was a sign of the end times and we'd probably be raptured and I just was absolutely terrified and was completely convinced that I was going to die before I got into high school, that my life was over. Um, I was terrified. And up until probably a couple years ago, I couldn't read the book of Revelation or even listen to it being taught without having a panic attack. So, and yeah.
6: Hey, this is Gabriel, and I currently live in Italy. For me the rapture was the single most traumatizing theological thing that was taught to me growing up. I remember any time that I couldn't find my parents or I'd spend the night at a friend's house and a friend would be missing for a second, I would immediately think, oh shit, I missed it. Somehow I'm not good enough, but they are to go to heaven. And now I'm stuck on earth for the tribulation and I'm going to suffer and it's going to be terrible, but maybe Jesus left me here in order to do good. I don't know. And so I was constantly anxious growing up. Uh, And even today, as an adult who has completely deconstructed deconstructed, uh, the rapture, don't believe in it, don't think it's going to happen, still to this day, if I come home and my family's not where they should be or I wake up from a nap and they're not where they should be, I immediately think rapture. Uh, So it's still traumatizing me, and I hate it, but then I kind of laugh about it afterwards. Uh, So hopefully all of you out there are handling this better than I am.
1: I want to talk about this. Um, Before we do, there is a clip that I think would be good to play. This is a clip from the one and only Billy Graham. And and this speaks to a lot of what our parents were raised on and what we were raised on. It was the kind of like the height of this new American evangelicalism that's sweeping the nation. And I think at the forefront of this whole thing was that Jesus is coming back. You better tighten up. Check it out.
7: We who live, who survive, shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. That word caught up is a translation of a Greek word and it means to snatch away. There's coming a time when Jesus Christ is coming back and he's going to snatch away from out of all the graveyards of the world. And those that are alive and remain will be snatched away. And we're going to meet the Lord It says, in the air, I want to be sure that I'm caught up like the old story about the little boy that saw his grandmother reading the Bible all day long and one of his friends said, what's your grandmother doing? He said, she's cramming for her finals (laughs) and we ought to be as as an old Indian used to say who used to come with us, uh, he used to say, I'm packed and ready. We ought to be packed and ready. We ought to not be too glued to this world and all the evils of the world and the things of the world, the materialism of the world. We're told that the bodies of both the dead in Christ and those alive at His coming would be caught up together. Or as Phillips translates it, we will be swept up together. Winston Churchill's favorite scripture passage quoted at his funeral by the Archbishop of Canterbury was this. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the dead in Christ shall be raised. So there you go.
1: Don't get too attached, y'all. Also just hacked and ready. A little racism thrown in there. Yeah, just thinly veiled race. Not even thinly veiled, just straight up racism. The Indian that was coming with us carrying our, our bags. What? what the fuck does that Yeah? So th- this This was that, right? This was like don't get too attached. None of this actually matters. And I think what you were saying is this whole thing, if you look at the world around us, like, you never get too interested in actual social justice issues, environmental issues, because there's no point. There was actually um, Mark Driscoll, good old Mark Mm -hmm. D. he actually got into some hot water because they were talking about something, and he was talking about how, like, this world doesn't matter Like, it doesn't matter to preserve the trees. It doesn't matter to to keep animals from being extinct. Mm -hmm. He said, because Jesus is coming back and he'll be driving a Hummer, is what he said. Which is basically code for who gives a fuck, right? The earth is the getaway car that you burn at the end of it, right? You know, like, you you just, you drive it till you get to where you got to go, then you light it on fire. Oh, God. So, like, you can never be surprised why so much of the people that believe in this sort of idea, they don't really give a shit about racial justice. They don't really give a shit about LGBTQ inclusion or give a shit about... Mm How the U.S. Navy just dropped a 40,000-pound bomb in the middle of the ocean that started an earthquake 100 miles away. Yeah. No one gives a shit about the earth, the planet, or
0: what we're doing to it. Because at the end of the day,
1: it's all dust anyway.
0: Hey, do you know the sinner's prayer isn't, like, a thing? Sinner's prayer that Billy Graham invented yeah. to accept Christ into your heart. Oh, he invented that? Yeah. What? Accept Christ into your heart. Pray this prayer with me. I mm-hmm. didn't know that. Whatever bullshit. I mean, yeah, I guess where in the Bible did it actually— And then no what the fuck? Prayer. Yeah. Billy Graham just informed all of— rapture and end times. As a kid, you're not told, Hey, this other guy just made this stuff up. You're given this. You're not, <clears throat> there's no nuance to it mm-hmm. because who has time for nuance? It could end at any moment. Right. We don't have time. Everything black, black and white. Uh, um, um uh, I think, uh, I mean, you're out, but how about you get in? Like everything is like, you have to fucking do it. Yeah. And so when you're told pray this prayer and you'll accept Jesus in your heart, what's that mean? Just do it. Um, when you're told, that you need to reach out to your neighbors because they could end up in hell when Jesus returns. First of all, what's hell? Jesus is returning from what? Yep. Where did he go? No time. We don't have time. Yeah. Just, yep. just engorge yourself in this information. Consume it. Don't think about it. And then you wonder why, like, we, we, we can't function completely. Like, we like we have these issues with our, our body. Like, we don't understand who we are because we just... We're force-fed all this information. Some of us at a young age, some of us, and at any age this isn't helpful. And then you come out on the other side of like, what what the fuck was I doing? Why why was there no pushback on this? Why did all these adults buy into it? And then you get into the psychology of that entire generation, the boomer generation, coming out of this baby boom from World War II when their parents returned, like they're like my my grandparents like experienced loss. Like they lost their neighbors. They lost their partner or spouse to the war, to the war effort, and lived in like a, a time in my head that this is all black and white. Mm. And so you can kind of understand where they're coming from why they uh, because they always they were they were born into urgency. Mm. They were born into fuck the, the Cold War, uh, World War II, the Russian threat. There's a reason why <sighs> there's a reason why they like they, people who are older than us boomers and 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 older use the word communism in a bad connotation that's that's what they feared Mm -hmm. that's why
1: the red scare that's why
0: the 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 big bad in in the wizard of oz was the wicked witch it was this unknown entity from another land that's come to impose their will if you look at movies and the villains in movies you can very easily extract what the 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 general group think was at that time what they were afraid of Mm. that's why you have horror movies like the blob or the thing from outer space it's like something else coming in and taking over so it makes perfect sense why billy graham would say hey what you're feeling is not wrong it's all gonna end and here's how to fix it yeah so you don't have to think you consume ingest and carry out your orders just like your parents did in world war ii just like it's so the psychology of it is, to me, is super interesting. Yeah. Um, but it it also doesn't take away from the fact that we, as descendants of all that time, have experienced it in small or not small ways, um, in a very real, like visceral response in our bodies.
1: I think what's interesting too is if you look at the ways in which it, it impacted us as kids, and so many of us with this sort of rapture idea, there is this feeling where you're never truly safe. That Mm. even though you know God loves you, you can never really trust it. You can't rest in that. You can't rest in that. You can't really trust God. You really can't trust God. And so, so many stories of folks that have told us, they said, I would pray the sinner's prayer every night. Oh, yeah. It's like, if I die before Mm -hmm. I wake, I beg the Lord my My soul soul to take. take. It is this thing you would constantly have to pray. To a point where some folks are saying like they developed almost like a compulsive mm-hmm. behavior yeah. where it's like I was constantly mut- it's like, as if you were like saying a rosary. You are constantly mm, asking yeah. to be saved again and again and again. And as a child, this idea of like the universe is not safe. God is not safe. God cannot be trusted. I want him to love me, but I cannot be sure. And and so when you're talking, writing that stupid Sunday school song, it's this feeling of you never truly know. And what's interesting, too is that you grew up your whole life as a child doing your very best to believe what the pastor is saying. Am I really saved? I I think I am, but I'm not sure. And what that evolves into is a group of adults who either believe they are not at all worthy, Mm. or Mm. they have convinced themselves after decades of indoctrination to themselves to a point where they go, of course I'm saved. I'm, I'm saved. You're not. And so now all of a sudden you have a whole generation of people who have told themselves that Jesus loves them, pleaded with God to save them. Eventually they start to believe it. And now you have Christian exceptionalism. Now you have, I'm in, you're out. I know it. I, I cannot possibly be out because I have told myself yeah. for decades that I'm in. Mm-hmm. And when you look at the way that, the white American evangelical machine honestly hijacked the revelation story. These yeah. are by Jewish people for Jewish people. They hijacked it.
0: They said, this has to be about us. This has to be about the, Christians. The, the genre is an apocryphal genre. It's totally. not meant to be taken literally. It's, it's a fucking crazy story. It is,
1: it is myth. It is yeah. mythic. It is allegorical. And it is not the only time the Apocry- apocryphal poetry was written yeah, before. Yeah, it's not the only place you've seen that before. This was a very common language and style that Jewish people would write in to convey a truth that they foresaw, and so then you see this way that you're like, of course white American evangelicals would find a way to make us the heroes of the story. Of course, we're the heroes. We're the saviors. Guess what? We know that Jesus is coming back, the great disappointment. We know when Jesus is coming back. We know it's going to come back, rapture us up, seven years of tribulation. Then he's going to come back a second time with all of his We have figured out the puzzle, and therefore, we have the secret, man. So we have the secret sauce, and we have to get everyone else on board.
0: We had a worship leader at the church I was at for a bit. And he came in, and he was pretty talented on guitar. Um, but as we continued to hang out with him, he had these outlandish stories that he played basketball with fucking, uh, who was it, Derek Rose or some really important person. Um, Derek Rose doesn't fit the timeline, so it was another uh, basketball player at the time that was impressive. And like, yeah, I played baseball with so-and-so. And, and like, like at a certain point, we were all talking to each other. I'm like, hey, this dude said he's played this and done this and met this person, this person, this person. And then when we actually played these sports with him, he sucked ass at him. <laughs> Come, like uh, one Sunday, he just left and he didn't show up, and we found out he pawned all our, uh, a bunch of the church's stuff off. Um, what? But, yeah, he just th- stole it and sold it off. Mm-hmm. Wow! And then he had the audacity to put our church down as a reference. That was great. Um, <laughs> but I say that to say this: he had convinced himself mm-hmm. so much that he was all these things mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that he said it with such certainty, we all believed him. Yeah. Yep. And
1: was this person Donald Trump? Was his name Donald Trump?
0: I okay, just to make sure. I, you also I have the was best words. My hands are yeah. big. He was *Home Alone* too. big. I don't wear a diaper. Whoa! <laughs> 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 That's Al Pacino. If you guys didn't know, it's a spot on Al Pacino. Was, I, 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 I thought Al Pacino was here. I could have done Scarface.
1: That was that was Al Pacino as the Joker. Yeah. Do <laughs> you want to see my scars?
5: <laughs>
0: Say hello to my little,
5: little scars.
0: <laughs> We're crossing genres. We're breaking barriers. That's all we do here. That's, your That's all I do here. I break down walls, Michael Scott. Um... But, I I thought how ridiculous it was that that dude convinced himself so much that he played fucking all these things with all these people, yeah, yeah. and ironically, I wasn't able to look at myself. I'm like, I have convinced myself I'm saved because mm-hmm. I've done it in every single chapel. I've prayed that sinner's prayer. I've I walked up to the front. I've cried every night at, at the end of camp. I've done all the things, and I know how the world's gonna end. Mm-hmm. And so when you only see the world as the world you live in, and don't have exposure to the the immensity of the earth itself. Yep. I think that is one of the biggest problems that people still in the bubble of church have is that there there are people around the literal globe. So you know exactly how their world's going to end too. Mm -hmm. You're going to tell a person, just, just spin a globe. If you have one, I don't know why you would, unless you're a fucking social studies teacher where social studies is like phased out anyway. So if you have a globe, sell it. that's a lot of money (laughs) but just take a map go on google maps and just scroll and just put your mouse somewhere you're going to tell that person how the world's going to end that person that lives in that small ass town in wherever you ended up that is such a pious ivory tower way to look at things ah i'm going to come over it's very much american i'm going to come over and just tell you how things are going to happen this is how the world's going to end and sign here and you'll be saved yeah it's insane um but it's that inability to see the world outside of yourself very myopic. Um, I, I yeah. think too is like we so as we
1: as I left e, uh, kind of the Pentecostal evangelical, evangelicalism I became a Calvinist and actually our buddy Brady Hardin put language around this really well he said like if you go from a evangelical kind of like traditional evangelical yeah. belief system to a Calvinist belief system that's actually a deconstruction mm. there are some things that deconstruct in yeah. that process and one of those things that I deconstructed was this sort of post pre-tribulation rapture and I spent a lot of time looking at, like, what does John Piper say, yeah. right? And so their whole belief system within uh, certain schools of thought is that it's more of a post-tribulation saying that the world is going to go to shit. Nothing's, gonna, No one's going to vanish. The world's just going to go to shit. And so as you see, like, the chariot record, wars and rumors of wars, when you see the hurricanes that are devastating the country, when you see, you know, the— climate crisis you don't have to fix it it's just a sign Mm -hmm. that the world is coming to an end and soon enough when things are are bad enough then jesus is going to come back and that is the idea of like it's just a one-time event and in this belief system is that jesus is going to come back with his armies of angels all of the believers and those who are dead who who have been dead who have been sleeping this whole time are going to rise again we're gonna meet jesus in the air like Mm -hmm. freaking floating up there And then we say like, what's up? And then all of us are going to turn around and come back down to earth to judge the sinners. That was the belief system. We're going to come back and fuck shit up. There's a passage in Revelation that says the blood is going to flow a bridal high, which is code for like, Five feet of blood. Yeah, it, it, the, the bridle is um, what a horse wears. Yep. So it's up to the horses, like. So section. horses are going to be swimming through the blood yeah. of people, and I I'm remember sure being that's like, a death metal album, like <laughs> a Norwegian black metal album. If it hasn't yet, go ahead and take that. Uh, 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 this is free. Bridal blood. Bridal blood. <laughs> bridal blood. Yeah. <laughs> and so, the, like, and what's wild is that I used to, like, people who see tragedy on your on your Facebook feed when you're when your aunt posts, ah, the world is so terrible. Come, Jesus, return quickly. What she is saying is, Jesus, come back as soon as possible so that you may murder all of the non-believers, so that blood may flow through the streets and that everyone who does not believe in you shall be punished forever. That's what you're saying. (laughs) Jesus, return quickly.
0: (laughs) No, please don't. So this is going to get real close to home for anyone who lives in the South Florida area. A couple days ago, um, a apartment building collapsed mm-hmm. in Miami beach. Mm-hmm. Um, there's like 159 people missing on uh, un- really, unfortunately, like I have a friend or he used to be a friend whose grandma was involved and sh- they can't find her. Um, and I think the longer this goes on, like we're all going to find people down here in South Florida are going to find people that we the note know like explicitly or know like adjacently. Mm. So I heard about it, and I looked at his Facebook post, and it was really sad, but what was even more sad was he did exactly what you just said. Mm-hmm. Like, I love my grandma. He had a picture with her on the porch, and it was really oh, pretty. F- and then the rest of the post was just like a Bible, so- like a worship song, and it's like asking God to come fix things. Mm-hmm. And this is this is like very real boots on the ground, rubber meets the road shit. Like, you can't go and like fix the building, right? Um, you can't put it back together and rewind time, but what this rapture shit does is like not allow you to mourn properly, mm-hmm. not allow you to embrace the chaotic nature of the world we live in and mourn and go through the steps. Yes, I'm sh- I'm sure there is a lot of mourning he- he's going through, but also if this is how he chooses to handle it, that's great. Sure maybe he needs this exactly to heal. But to me, the way. When anything bad ever happened, I didn't have time to think about it because it was just a signpost. It was just a bright, shining light that's saying, hey, this is a reminder. Everything's going to end. You better get your butt in gear. What you've been doing? Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I've been wasting time on uh, SmackDown 2 on PlayStation. I'm so sorry. i got to get back to saving my neighbor again or something like that.
1: And it, it's like you don't get to decide for yourself how you feel about it.
0: No, because it's handed
1: can't. to you. Yeah, you can't. This you can't. is what you're supposed to say. Yeah. This is how you're supposed to feel. Yeah. And somewhere in there is supposed to
0: say, "Jesus, come back." Yeah. Somewhere yeah. in there, it's it's very much um, hiding it under the rug. Yeah, it's the company line. Yeah, you, you, you're gonna have yeah. to pay for it eventually. Mm-hmm. Like like mm-hmm. that bill's gonna come around, and eventually your body is not gonna have any more room to sweep things underneath it, underneath the rug. Yeah, you're gonna have to pay for it. Um, in in the short term, it might be good to lean on that that religiousness or that spirituality. It's great, but also like give yourself space to not understand it. Like you don't need to have a black and white in and out, solid answer for everything. And like, yeah, this took a really sad turn, but I mean, it just came to my mind that once again, you didn't have to read Left Behind or shake Kirk Cameron's hand to understand the depth at which this whole rapture end of world end of times thing permeated everything within christianity. Yeah. And it 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 supported it was, it, it just supported other things that were already there. Yeah. Like the, the just dividing your body from your brain. Yeah. It's rapture theology does that. Um j- making everything seem as if if it's the most important thing. That's our theology did that and also rapture anxiety did that. Um so it, it just so perfectly worked hand in hand with everything else and i don't think it's a coincidence because it was something it was something uh, uh peddled by the same people who were peddling everything else mm. it had the same flavor yeah i can go to your house you can make another dish but it has the same seasoning yep and i know adrian made it yep um so yeah it, it's it's not a coincidence and it it's really shitty and really sad um yeah and, and it's in and, and those moments you really can't tell that, that person like hey man like and, and, and I don't think it's your place to do that. Like, Hey no, man, you're doing not. it wrong. No. Um, but I can use that as an example for how it affected me.
1: I think I, I was thinking about this too, is in light of the, like the COVID pandemic. Yeah. How much, how many people all across this country were convinced like, that's it. This is, this mm-hmm. is how it happened. This mm-hmm. is, in, uh, uh, infallible proof that this is that the end of the world is coming yeah. i mean i mean if people believe that in 1844 14 years after margaret mcdonald had her vision people are still believing it now what does that say but i was thinking too is like how many like doomsday preppers or like very like conspiracy theorists mm-hmm. right like how much how much conspiracy theory doomsday prepping And don't get me wrong um i love uh like a like a hurricane kit i don't love hurricanes when they happen but i love to like Get like a cool kit with yeah. like a grill, and I love to get all my stuff ready. There, there's something kind of nerdy and boy scouty about me that I really enjoy. I mean, preparing kind of comes hurricane. and
0: goes. You got like 15
1: cans of beans. You got to figure out <laughs> how to use beans in every meal now. <laughs> so I mean, I, I'm not going to knock people who like to I don't know prep things. I love I guess. dehydrated meat. <laughs> I just love, <laughs> love powdered milk. And so, <laughs> but I, I do think like the whole doomsday prepper yeah, thing. Yeah, if you look around, yeah, either that person themselves. Or the person who taught them how to prep, or the person who informed their beliefs, somewhere in that tree of impact, that tree of influence, there is a person who has been informed by rapture theology. Mm -hmm. They're like, the end is coming, baby. It's coming because the Bible said so, and God said it. The Bible says it. I believe it. That does it. Right. And so it's like, get ready, right? Packed and
0: ready. It, I don't know. It's, it's just so crazy. It's like, um, I don't know when you like ride an escalator and you get off it. You feel like, Whoa, it's kind of, kind of like, that's why, balance. That, that's how I feel like looking back at this stuff. Yeah. Cause for however long you were involved in the church, you were on that escalator and you're sitting there and just riding along and like, just accepting things thrown at you. And you get off it like, Holy, f- what the hell? Yeah. Like, is the room still spinning? Like, <laughs> am I the crazy person now? Um, <laughs> yeah. looking back on a lot of this and like, <laughs> I was joking. <laughs> I was joking with Steph and I started joking, but I was like really sad. Uh, uh, I was talking about one of our friends that we met when we church plant, and she's like still our only friend from that and I'm like yeah I just remember meeting her with Adrian and we were just in her mid-twenties on a big poster board plant, like trying to plant a church like wait what? <laughs> in my mid-twenties trying to plant a church like that was like shocking so when we, we re- revisit these rapture things like I was like 14 years old learning about <laughs> US missile systems <laughs> that were a metaphor for the seven-headed dragon John saw?
1: Oh, poor Josh. Dude. Oh, you poor guy. You poor child. That's
0: why I had no problem memorizing cheat codes for Grand Theft Auto. I had all this complex stuff in my house. A 17-button cheat code You're to unlock already... infinite ammo is super fucking easy. You were already there, dude. You were already there. Josh, why are you shooting these people in the head of the sniper rifle? Mom, fucking the seven-headed dragon is Project... Out my ass. (laughs) I got this, mom. Where'd you get that chip? Let me see your hand. (laughs) No. It's just so, for a very long time, I thought a chip was going to be inserted in my hand. And this, dude, this is perfect because it goes like right into what actually happened in the world. It's like the chip is going to be used to pay for things. Yeah. Like we already have that. It's called a credit card. (laughs) You You can put it in your head. Why? It's like, but I have it on my phone, literally in my pocket. anywhere else I'll put it. But but, Apple what, Pay. What, but it's not Apple Pay, it's different. <laughs> exactly. But when <laughs> Apple Pay comes along, or the Apple Watch, or paying things with your phone, or that uh, that little chip you have in your in your credit card, now you can wave things. Like yeah. Yeah, I told you, it's it. Like no, you specifically said it'd go between my index and my middle <laughs> finger, or in the temple of my head. <laughs> oh my god, it's just it's funny seeing people with uh, tight shirts and short ties. <laughs> give me, give me the exact. God a damn drinker? <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's that's <my> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want the uh, JTT uh, curtains Z- 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 ZTB cut. You got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, a-, a-, a man. Put on this would, wallet chain. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> Pass me those jinkos. Give me those the jinkos. <laughs> I'm going to put uh, seven other of my friends in my pants. We're going to sneak into a movie. <laughs> Where are these soap shoes? <laughs> soap shoes. Those are the fucking coolest. I wanted soap shoes so bad. I wanted so them too, bad. but I couldn't do like most extreme sports. No, I could barely walk. How am I going to grind on like an inch of metal in my feet? <laughs> Back in my day. Back in
1: my day, we put metal in our feet. In
0: our shoes. <laughs> um, but yeah with so many of these things we talk about, it's just crazy looking back on the stuff we went through. And like you said at the the beginning, Adrian, like we laugh and joke about it and whatever, whatever. But some people were greatly affected by it and some people still live in it. Mm -hmm. Um, And per recent conversations I've had, like my usual reformed reaction to people not agreeing with me is just you're you're dumb. Now it's more of like, I feel sad for you. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I wish you could feel the freedom of realizing that the world is bigger and beautiful. And if you just interact with it more connected and willing to accept you at your evangelical core or any other way you decide to represent yourself. Um, but it's like the kid uh, in your neighborhood who picks up his toys and relieves. Like, dude, no one asks you to leave. No one asks you to pick up your toys and hold up in your house. But the church has done that. They've, taking all their things, they're drawing harder lines in the sand and they're pointing at all these things that signify the end of everything. Um, and new media continues to come out. I thought it'd be dead, but like left behind got a remake with Nicolas Cage. Cause of course, <laughs> um, but it's just the, the church continues to retreat into itself, which is the exact opposite of what Jesus did. Jesus mm. didn't ask Zacchaeus to come into his house. So Jesus didn't have a house. Jesus asked Zacchaeus to go to his house. Mm. Jesus didn't ask the woman at the well to come over him and talk to him. He went to the woman at the well. He didn't ask the rabbis to come to his house. He went to the temple and argued with the rabbis there. Um, so if you're going by Jesus' standards, which you guys say you are, but you aren't, you love Paul. You're eating his ass out. Horde. <laughs> Yeah Eating Paul's ass Eating yeah, Saul Turned
1: Paul's ass uh-huh. Eating the road to Damascus ass
0: Yeah dude We know all the fucking references but
1: yeah, I was thinking it's, just, just, like,
0: it's just too ironic
1: We had a conversation with Janice Legata And it was a really good one And we mentioned how interesting it is That I feel actually I have more empathy now yeah. Than I did when I was in the bubble yes. And so I am trying to look at what it is that informs so much of this. Mm. And if I remember the way I used to think and the things I used to hear and say, I would always say, I'm so glad this isn't the best, that this isn't as good as it gets. I'm so glad Mm. that it gets better. I'm so glad that that this is as close to hell as I'm ever gonna be. Because if this is it, if this is all we got, then how terrible. And so I think so much Mm. of the undergirding thing, that's Mm. the thing underneath the thing for this stuff, is people go, they look at the pain of the world, they cannot cope with it or they haven't had the tools or they haven't tried to deal with it in a way that is helpful. So all we have is the hope for the future. All we have is the quote, the hope of glory, right? We only have that Jesus is coming back. And so Jesus come quickly because this can't be it. And so I look at, I'm trying to feel that and hold that and go, look, yeah, this is shitty. Like a lot of this is absolute shit. You know, like people are being murdered in the mm. streets by yeah. cops. Like yeah. like like the very very rich are crippling the world, like the earth. Like it's shitty. And so what I think just like you said is like I think you can kind of choose to maybe re- re- like look at that as like well then there's no hope for it, put your head in the sand and just wait for Jesus. Or you can maybe try and go hey like let's try and do the best we can Mm. with what we have. Yeah. You know, and and someone was asking me like, well, so what, what, where is this all going? Like if you don't believe in the rapture and you don't believe that Jesus is coming back, then like, what do you think about all this? And honestly, I don't really know, but all I can try and do is appreciate what I do know. And that's what I have. Mm. Um, I was thinking about this when you went to Colorado. um, My, their, their great aunt who they were meeting for the first time said, Hey, I'm gonna have presents for you And uh grandpa told the kids, Hey guys, when you go visit great aunt, she's gonna have presents for you And Wilder they got super excited. Yeah. He's like, What's it gonna be? What's it gonna be? I can't yeah. wait. And I was actually like, Uh I actually don't want you to get your hopes up. Yeah. You don't know to uh, because you don't know what's gonna be and my kids are so young they could get like a like a wooden figurine and be like, What is this? I don't want this. Yes, <laughs> right? yes, and I'm like, yes. Please, that's terrible. So I actually was like Hey, uh, I, it might be nothing, guys. Yeah. Hey, guys, it might be nothing. We don't know. It could be nothing. And when they got there, it was actually awesome. They cool. got like a bunch of toys, and Scouty got a purse, and she loved it. She has, still hasn't taken it off. And Wilder goes, why did you say it was going to be nothing? I was like, I don't know, but I just wanted you to enjoy whatever you got. Yeah. And I kind of think that's what's happening for me right now, mm. where I was like, what's going to happen after this? I don't know. Pro- maybe nothing. It could be nothing. And- but what I do know is that like tomorrow morning I'm gonna like get up and make really good coffee. And I'm hanging out here with you right mm-hmm. now, you know, and I get to hug my kids every day because me and Alyssa are both working from home. And and so like and, and I'm not trying to get super preachy about this. Some people are like, listen, the world is fucked. If you wanna be if you wanna believe that yeah. way, I get it. Yes, do it. It is, you know. And wrong. and maybe that's the way you need to cope is by going like, this is all bullshit. Mm-hmm. For me, I'm trying to be like, this is all bullshit. The world is fucked. I don't understand it. And let me try and find the goodness wherever I yeah. can.
0: I I, uh, I wrote this down right before you even started talking about that. Um, and it's spot on. Uh, is that this um, tight grasp on certainty of the future and the certainty of the future being this life doesn't matter robs you of like the pleasure of life, right? Yeah. So... I had grabbed an apple out of the fridge and it was, I didn't expect it to be great. Like my tier list of apples is like Honeycrisp and everything else sucks.
1: <laughs> this has been brought to you by Honeycrisp. I, uh,
0: Crisp. I <laughs> uh, love a cold Honeycrisp. But I grabbed this one out of the, out of the fridge and I just went on a, on, on a ride in the one wheel and I bit into it. I'm like, oh my God.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: It was really good. Like I enjoyed like every single bite of that apple. It was, re- it was really, really good. And it's just a small stupid example, but like the pleasures in life, you're not allowed to enjoy because this doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So, eat what you want to eat, wear what you want to wear. Yep, it doesn't matter. Modest so, isn't hottest. So on, on 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 a grander scale, like you can't. Hmm. I'm gonna say it because I've said way worse stuff before. <laughs> um, you can't fully love someone and believe in the rapture because Ooh, you hot take you have an ulterior motive. Yeah. Every single relationship. And I can say it with certainty because I did it for 30 years. Everyone I came in contact with, I had to decide if they were worth my time to try to save or they were just an acquaintance that I just needed to get to the next thing to do. Yep. So so to a very real- Either a
1: project or just a waste of time. Uh, Yes. A waste of time, yeah. To
0: a very real extent, you cannot love people if you're so focused on how it's all going to end. So that robs you of just like, the simple conversations you can have with a cashier at Publix and just bullshitting about the person who just came before you and was an asshole. And mm-hmm. just laughing about them, I'm like, dude, I'm so sorry. They were just an ass. And I don't know, just funny shit like that, or dealing with the heaviness of what we just lived through COVID-19 and what this month or we're at the end of this month. And, uh, is a a pride month and just the joy and the, the, the weight of what this month means for so many of our close friends and what I would call family. Now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you can't deal with that because you're so focused on how it's all going to end. You really can't ever live in the present. It robs you of so much of your joy and so many things that you just look past. Um, And so I, I think that's why it's such a heavy topic that, a lot of us have a physical response to in the form of rapture anxiety or just the mention of left behind series or anything along those lines is because it did affect us and lucky for us or blessed or whatever word you want to use. Like we are not able to kind of pick at that and and remove those scales and like see it for what it is. But also like once again, it's, it's that sadness for those of our family or friends who are still in it and we can see how we can feel in their words we can see in their manners how tense they constantly are mm. because there's like they're they're waiting for the trumpet to sound which mm-hmm. is why that instrument why not a fucking Eddie Vedder <laughs> guitar solo or something why not a freaking <laughs> why not <a> fucking haircut <laughs> music? <laughs> i
1: was thinking too i actually <laughs> can you imagine Jesus is coming back. What's that? Dude, he is has that, to
0: be German. Is, is
1: that early 2000s? Hey, everybody!
0: I am back! <laughs>
1: Where are am, your curtains?
0: I am Jesus. Put on, on, G- z- 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 put
1: on these soap shoes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am Jesus of the 90s.
1: Dude, I was thinking about this too. It's like. Jinko
0: G- G- Jesus! I am
1: I am Jinko G- <laughs> G- Jesus! Jonathan, Jesus, Taylor Thomas! I have z- the one z- z- chain
0: z- of truth! The soap shoes of mercy. <laughs> I need, I need an army of God in just '90s '90s clothes, dude. From Spencer's, let's go. That is absolutely amazing. That's incredible. I have a breastplate of a. Uh, I have the chest of a
1: Simpson shirt.
0: I am cool and ironic.
1: Kids. I have the T-shirt with a bow tie on. It's of righteousness. <laughs> I am Jesus
0: and I here to party <laughs> by party I mean judge your souls to damnation <laughs> blood as high as a horse's bridle <laughs> god damn <laughs> I hope all you German listeners forgive us yeah, that was so that. stereotypical that's a really terrible
1: impersonation of you that's yeah. almost
0: as bad as his Joker impression <laughs> Duncachino My my Al Pacino is pretty My old Al Pacino (laughs) Did you say Duncachino? Yeah, he was in um, Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler (laughs) And there was a plug for Duncachino Because he's Al Pacino Oh, got it Deep Adam Sandler cuts Deep cuts, deep cuts, deep cuts So you were saying
1: I was going to say I actually searched on YouTube Rapture anxiety As to prepare for this episode Mm -hmm. Thinking there was going to be I don't know Some sort of article About the phenomenon That is rapture anxiety For post-evangelical folks or something and honestly, all I saw was rapture anxiety for Christians. So they would go, hey, brothers Whoa. in Christ, I've been feeling a lot of rapture anxiety lately. I just need you all to pray for me. Or they'll go, hey, brothers in Christ believers, I know you're feeling the rapture anxiety. But I need you to hold out because Christ is com-. Like, that's how, it, it is a common thing, but it's not, I thought it was like a, like a, some sort of post-traumatic stress thing like i thought that's what it yeah. was no it's like an actual thing that people who are in the bubble are acknowledge yeah, god and their and their was res- their resolve their resolution is just to pray more to just trust in the bible like crazy
0: trust and obey for Get there's it. no all the way jesus is coming soon to kill everybody you know <laughs> hello oh I'm jesus, jesus is here he's fuck. Like- god damn it Jesus is very uh, ironic that. coming at the end of that song. Good job, Jesus. I love Jinko
1: Jesus. Yeah,
0: um, someone draw that for us. Go ahead. I um, can't draw.
1: We're going to need Jinko Jesus as soon um, as
0: possible. As soon as you can get it to us, we will pay you in sarcasm. <laughs> Great. Um, yeah, it's just, ah. and, and if you want to get into it, if you want to get knee deep into it, you want to just immerse yourself into it, just, just Google end times theology, and then take a look at all the different ways the church can't even agree with themselves, right? We talk about pre-trib post-trib, there's a 30,000 of them in between that. And they all quote random people and say this is a certain way. Yeah. Um, and, and it's uh, like with a lot of other things, the church can't agree the churches can't agree with themselves um, yet still state each of those as facts. Um, there's
1: three articles that we're going to share a link in the show yeah. notes here. There's an article on Slate. Uh, it was written by Joshua Rivera. That's really, really good. Um, there's an article by Chrissy Stroop dot um, com that we'll drop a link to. And then there's one about rapture anxiety directly. And that's by Isabella, Tara Isabella Burton. That's that was back in 2017. So we'll drop those articles really helpful because it talks about like the history of where the rapture theology came from, the ways in which it impacted them personally as authors, as well as kind of like the landscape of American evangelicalism. And yeah, if you want to go down that rabbit hole, y'all do it.
0: um, But also like might not be worth it. (laughs) Beware dangerous curves ahead. And I ain't talking about me in yoga pants. <laughs> dangerous,
1: dangerous curves.
0: Well, Josh, dangerous curves link. Our transitions are fucking Seamless. Seamless transition. God damn, why aren't
1: we professionals? Speaking of dangerous curves, listen, this yeah. was a great episode uh, topic to talk about. I'm glad we chatted about it. I'm uh, not. I, <laughs> I mean, Take it, <laughs> it. <laughs> Take it it's, it's, it's,
0: it's only been four hours of my life. <laughs> Well, sir, what do we have? Last but not least, on the chip. There's only, fuck you. There's only <laughs> one thing that can save our souls. Tell me. Um, and it's a little something called sip, smoke, read. Sip, smoke. smoke, sip, smoke, read. So you know
1: we read that shit. That shit. Only sip the finest party lit. So you think thinking, listen to these idiots? But here you keep on listening. It's me, Jinko Jesus. I'll keep that one. <laughs>
0: I have a good feeling that Jinko Jesus will be making various opinions <laughs> in future episodes. Um, Adrian, you, my friend, oh, ventured man. to a far off land. I did, I did. There better have been some things you sipped, didn't smoke because of your lungs. Like, what did you enjoy? Like, it better be better than just like one thing. So, okay. So there's a couple
1: things that I, I did. Honestly, I, I definitely didn't smoke anything because I was with family. <laughs> uh, I didn't really even do a lot of reading or even like watching TV because you we were kids, just you gotta fucking with kids. And then even when the I went to sleep I like was in bed with the kids. So it's yeah. not like I could even like sleep. So I will tell you the things that I sipped and then I will have a special segment called What Did Adrian Pack? I'm it. sure people care about that shit now. <laughs> so okay, so for sipped I had a beer um by a brand called Great Divide. And I believe it's Colorado brewed, and you can only get it in Colorado. I could be wrong. Someone correct me. And it was a hazy IPA called Car Camper. Really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, We had to pre-grind our coffee. All of the (sighs) coffee snobs all around the world just cringed. Whatever, (sighs) y'all. My addiction to caffeine is more important than my coffee snobbery. Okay, so in order to prep for that, I had to get... I got a bag of Guatemala from Wells. Absolutely outstanding. While I was there... I got a bag, a couple bags of Sweet Bloom. Uh, mm, and Sweet Bloom is nice. probably one of, it's up there as far as, as coffees that I really love. Um, so we did that. So uh, here, here then, let me tell you what I packed to make my life a little bit more Enjoyable. Let's hear it. because so This is why tips. people have
0: waited two hours to hear what you put in your suitcase.
1: <laughs> to hear what I put in my suitcase. It fucking better be suitcase. fucking it's, incredible. It's really not that it great. It better change it's, my life. It's not that great. So <laughs> I'm going to keep berating you till you don't <laughs> yeah, even do this segment. This is, <laughs> Everyone just sit tight, y'all. You just fucking wait. You fucking wait. The wait next thing it. he's going to say is going to be fucking going to be gold. Okay. Take it to the, the bank. Best thing ever. So I got something called a GeoPress. Okay. And this is a water bottle that has a filter in the base of it. And so basically, you fill up the bottom carafe of, of the water bottle, okay. and then you take the filter lid, and you push, push it, it through like a French press, and essentially, every water source is good water. So we didn't have to buy, like, gallon. Because when you go up into the mountains, folks, oftentimes the tap water is kind of janky, yep. or it's like kind of twinged red mm-hmm. or whatever. And so... Everyone else in the family spent so much money on jugs of water and so much money on water bottles, and we Hell were yeah. just cruising with our water. We also got these things, these like Life Straw water bottles yeah. for our kids. That was really great. Um, so this has been Adrian's hydration minute. Hell on to the yeah, next dude. shit. Nice. <laughs> um, I uh, a couple other things here that people may or may not care about. Uh, for my what I was EDCing in my bag, I had a hand lotion uh because it was very dry up there Mm y'all yeah and the hand lotion is from a brand called aesop and it was called resurrection Ooh, i know i had some post we need to write that way that's fucking triggering okay guys i know but it smelled amazing it kept my hands nice and uh moist (laughs) my hands are so moist (laughs) uh and then lastly i had a solid cologne so like when you're traveling it's sometimes like having like a like a big old sloshy bag of cologne isn't really great so i found a solid cologne from a brand called fulton and rourke and specifically the scent is called sterling Mm -hmm. and it's just like this metal tin and you just slide it open and you use it that was really great um when i got back however one other thing i did make a point to watch uh was inside by bo burnham this Uh, was told you so incredible it was stunning it was beautiful. It was heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. People were like, "You can't expect me to believe he lived in his back in like his back house." It's like, no, it wasn't about living in the house. It's about like living with himself. Mm-hmm. And at one point, I went back and listened to the music again, specifically uh, the song "That Funny Feeling." It has so got me good. fucked up. Yes. it got me fucked up. Yes. And what's interesting is I-, I listened to that before. It was I think I was listening to that song again in Colorado. And that's when I was like, we got to talk about the Rapture because it kind of lends itself mm-hmm. to that. Yes. Um, so that was really, really amazing. Um, also, I bought a new camera and it should be coming in any day now. Okay, so Adrian
0: won't say this. You are a very talented photographer. Photographist? Oh, photographist? T-
1: definitely photographist. I'm going to punch you <sighs> in the ass with my photographist. <laughs> photographer. Words. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's, that's my reset.
1: I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here I am. Duncachino. <laughs>
0: Okay. Gotta wrap this up. Gotta oh, wrap okay. this wrap up. It up, wrap it up. There's things I gotta do. Um, no, but you're really talented. Uh, you, you have a really good eye for photography. Um, and when you told me you're getting a camera, I'm like, yeah, fuck, yes, dude. It's been a while. Oh, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for you, man. Thank you. That's yeah, really
1: so cool. I, I went to school for uh, multimedia journalism, did a lot of photography and videography, and I kind of just stopped. Yeah. Honestly, I did it a lot in the context of like a church setting, mm-hmm. and then I just kind of
0: was over it. Because you're taking the same pictures every fucking
1: week. So. Yeah, and so, yeah. Uh, so I ordered. The Fujifilm X100T, for those of you who kind of know what it is, it's a camera that is, it is a digital camera, but it handles like an analog camera. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really stoked. I should be getting it pretty shortly, and uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Um, and that's it. Cool. That's how awesome, about you, dude. sir? After um, that, This has been Adrian's What's in His Bag, and yeah, who fucking I, cares? I,
0: that segment needs to be revisited. <laughs> Often. You better start packing bags for no reason now. <laughs> um, so uh, my thing kind of, my stuff falls in the same bullshit I'm usually into. Uh, played a video game, finish it. Uh, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart on the mm. PS5. Um, first of all, graphically, insane. I'm not a big fan of the Ratchet and Clank series, but whatever, whatever was in the sauce that made this game hooked me. It's beautiful. The story was great. Um, it's cartoony, but has like gravitas to it. And it's like, dimensions ripping open and it's really really good if if you got a chance to play it or watch someone play it i'm playing through it again it's just fun um really really good game on the same topic of video games and you found what jazz in the other room or something like that yeah i found relaxing video game music in a cozy room Ooh, and it was all nintendo 64 music but then they have all playstation music and all sega music and I is it like fucking vibing does it feel distant or how, yes. how is it that's it's cool re, it's quiet um, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a YouTube playlist. It's really really good. We should drop a link in that. That's yeah. Awesome. Um, it really really puts me in my feels. Like I can like imagine myself renting the the N sixty four from Blockbuster and playing wow, all these games. Wow, that's wild. Um, and then uh, as far as like other media, uh, Invincible on Prime Video. If you haven't watched it, I will say do it. Give yourself the first episode. If you don't like it after that, don't watch it. It's an animated show okay. about superheroes. Cool. That's all I will say. All right. Check it out. It, it, I'm almost done with it. It's very, very, it's based on a, a graphic novel or comic book series. Um, very, very good. A lot of recognizable names. Steven Yoon plays like the main character. Um, My man. Uh, uh, J.K. Simmons. Right? J.K. Simmons? Yeah. Uh, I, I always want to call him J. Jonah Jameson. Um, <laughs> he, he, he he plays his father. Um, very, very good. That's all I will say. Because if I say anything more, I will give it away. Hmm. There's, it's very good. Um, And uh, this is funny. We got sent coffee, which you weren't here for it, and I need to give it to you before you leave, from Black and Bold. Hmm. And this is what I was told, so I could be wrong, but it's the only uh, black-owned, nationally distributed coffee. Like, no way. And, it, they, wow. and, and they have coffee uh, partnerships with the NBA. Cool. So we got sent coffee by one of the roasters, uh, Kyle Lewis. I want to make sure I'm saying that right. Um, he sent us some coffee and he's like, hey man, be blatantly honest. If it sucks, don't mention it. If it's good, if you could give us a shout out. Holy hell. When I make my wife a black cup of coffee and she drinks it and goes, oh my gosh, you know it's good. Nice. I took a video of Steph and I drinking it to give him our, our honest reaction and I sent it to him. Cool. Um, and so. Black and bold. Black and bold. Where's uh, it based out of Dino? You know? Their Insta handle is BLK and ampersand and bold. Cool. Um, I want to say it's based out of, uh, Chicago. Um, I just want to make sure that I'm correct on that. Um, I don't want to send them a DM, no Instagram. Uh, they, you can buy them anywhere. Uh, target, Amazon, whole foods, but I'm pretty sure they're based out of Chicago. I, I could be wrong. It doesn't show on their website, but their handles BLK and bold. Um, the for your co- for you coffee nerds out there, they have a a really close relationship with uh, some farmers in Ethiopia. Cool. So they're able to get their hands on a very small batch from a region called woosh, woosh. Nice. which just happens to go hand in hand with their basketball thing. Ah, uh, thing. woosh. And so Kyle said when he got when they got the beans, they thought they were messed up because they looked like Skittles. What? They were so discolored and different. Interesting. And the cup is such a complex cup of coffee. Sweet. It's so so good. Funny story. Also, uh, Kyle accidentally faced uh, Instagram time, like face video time me, and I went to go pick it up, and uh, it was just his shocked face trying to <laughs> hang up the phone. <laughs> it's like I said out loud, no, 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 and then instantly called it back via video. I'm like, no, dude, we were meant to talk. Oh, so Kyle's fine. a cool guy. Hey, Kyle, man, thank you so much. Thank you. Adrian Kyle. will soon have those beans grace his taste buds. Can't wait. For and he will come back mouth. and say that. It was just as good as I said it was. Let me taste the rainbow. Yeah. Uh, and the last thing, which is like a huge thing for me, happens twice a year, uh, summer games done quick. Uh, if you are into speedrunning, you kind of know what it is. It's a huge week long Sunday to Sunday, starts July 4th, ends the Sunday after that marathon where they stream. Now it's online because of COVID, but uh, speed run video games, just beat games as quickly as possible with whatever parameters you set. Um, And during the summer marathon, they have one also during the winter called Awesome Games Done Quick. They raise money for Doctors Without Borders. Last year, they beat, I think, $2 million. Wow. Um, So uh, if you look to your left, Adrian, on my wall, I have an Excel spreadsheet of all the games I'm going (laughs) to watch with a graphic from it.
1: That is I didn't know how to
0: use Excel until I forced myself to use it just for that printout. (laughs) That's great. Um, So it starts Sunday, July 4th. Um, it's on Twitch. if you guys want to tune in. If you are into video games or have played them at any time, if the controller has touched your fingertips, um, the schedule for the games will definitely have one or two games you're interested in. It's just fun. yeah, it's just people figuring out how to break games um, and uh, do really cool things with them. Um so, yeah, that that's something I get excited about for no other reason than. I can enjoy the simple pleasures in life because Kirk Cameron ain't going to tell you <laughs> shit about how the world's going to end.
1: I was thinking about this too as we talked about, I, th- I think Sip Smoke Read has become some f- people's some people's favorite moments. And people told us, they're like, hey, like my whole life I was never yeah. really taught to enjoy things. Yeah. Just like you said, right? Because yeah. th- this stuff doesn't matter. Yeah. And so they're like, I actually <laughs> love Sip Smoke Read because it actually shows me that I should pay attention to the things that I enjoy. Uh, Alyssa has an expression that she uses often. She's like, "What will fill your cup?" To do, mm. and I don't know what to do. I can't decide. She's like, "Well, which one's going to fill your cup?" And that, and you, when you, when I think about it that way, I actually know what I enjoy. Yeah. And so, I like roll my eyes and I kind of hem and haw and I kind of subtly do half apologies for my segments about whatever and your segments or whatever. But at the end of the day, these are the things that fill our cup. Yeah. And people you can turn it off. Yeah. If you don't like it, turn it off. If you don't want to hear about our shit
0: also, but last episode, I once again, reminded you all to watch F one drive to survive formula one, drive to survive on Netflix. And some of you didn't listen to me the first time did the second time and then told me how right I was the first time. There
1: you go. So
0: I'm not going to force you, Adrian Gibbs to watch it. Eventually our friendship (laughs) will hinge on it. (laughs) That day will come and I'll announce it on the podcast. (laughs) I will let it be known to all the listeners. No. Um, there's a reason why uh, I had a couple <laughs> DM me in the Discord. That, that was their entire week. They finished the entire. It's just That's great. insanely compelling, really, really good. So I'll remind you again, Formula One, Drive to Survive. You don't have to know anything about cars like myself to enjoy it. But yeah, th- that sentiment was never one that I considered. That Like this is just a peek into bullshit we get into. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, Alyssa said, Alyssa Gibbs, what fills your cup? Do that. Do that. And enjoy it. You can just uh buy Adrian's life straw water bottles. You can. Or not. Or not. And you want to speed, speed run stuff? Yeah. Or not. Yeah.
1: Do what you want to do, man. Fill your cup, y'all. Yeah. Fill just your goddamn cup. Just don't walk by other people's cups and point
0: at them. That's say, right. Your cup sucks. Don't knock down other people's cups. Yeah, that's what we're trying to say. Keep your cup to yourself. I just got a text from my wife that my daughter's still awake. <laughs> oh no. This is a peek into life. <laughs> This of is real life. professional
1: podcasters. <laughs> <laughs> we get paid to make podcasts, and this is what this happens.
0: Fucking rapture anxiety, and my five-year-old daughter is fighting sleep <laughs> and winning. Well, that's kind of a... I think that's our
1: sign. That's if a ever, perfect way to wrap a, it up, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, dad life calls. It yes. beckons to us. The unending hamster wheel of dad, dad life. Hot dad
0: summer. <laughs>
1: Brown boy summer, hot dad summer. Let's go. Uh, Josh, how can people connect with us if they were so inclined just to Just come on so? over to our
0: house. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that because people will do that. I'll <laughs> give you my address. It's 1122 Washington Avenue. Um, no, you can reach us on our Instagram handle, which is at uh, Dirty Rotten Church Kids. You can find us on Twitter at Dirty Rotten CK. Also, if you want to send us an email, which is probably the easiest way to get a hold of us, it is Dirty Rotten CK at gmail.com. Adrian is underscore Adrian Gibbs I don't know. at Insta. I am Josh Link underscore. If that doesn't work, just flip the underscores. You're smart people. <laughs> Um, also we have merch, you go to Teespring, I think it's called spring. Now, if you just uh, Google Teespring, dirty, rotten church kids, our dirty, rotten merch store will show up. Um, our buddy, dirty Curdy um, from South Africa sent us some pretty sick new graphics, which I'm excited to put on some sick merch. So if you want to support us, um, the, the merch definitely does that. Uh also we have a Patreon if you want to support us that way. We like uh we said at the top of this episode, you get one extra episode of this a month. Um and it's, it could be movie reviews, it could be interviews, it could be literally anything. It's bullshitting. Um it's fun, it's a good time. And also if uh, the, the lowest tier of our Patreon get you access to our fucking exploding Discord server. That's wild. Um it's a great time in there. Uh it, it's just a community of people who are just people in a community. Um it's on, like, we could spend another hour just talking about the stuff that's happened in the Discord, yep. and it would be 45 minutes of us crying uh, because it's really <laughs> awesome to see people who have not actually met in real life. Some of you guys have, and fuck you, because uh, we couldn't make it. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, some of y'all have met in real life and fucked. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, In which he, case, if you
1: did, go off. Yo. Great. <laughs> Do it. Um,
0: but uh, yeah, it, it's really awesome to see people just accepting others exactly where they're at. Yeah. Um, really beautiful that um we call them the bad apples because haha the joke um but yeah it's if you want to support us on patreon that's what you get Uh, access to discord and the extra episode and also we are a part of irreverent media group which uh is amazing uh exvangelical podcast our uh blake chastain our buddy uh kevin garcia with all their podcasts Uh, we have do we add some new people recently Yeah, we have
1: some we have some new names coming to the lineup. We won't tell you. So, it's top secret.
0: Irreferent Media, you can find that on Instagram. You can find that on Twitter. We have a website as well. It's on all the things. So just search it. It's pretty mm. unique, so it's hard to get lost. And support all those shows as well. Um, it's a really awesome th- it, It's cool to do this thing, but also like do it with other people. Yeah. who are like smarter and more like uh seasoned in this yeah um so definitely support them they're putting out great work that goes into some of them cover exactly what we talked about rapture stuff and go like into academic levels of destroying this stuff mm-hmm. we're looking at you straight white American Jesus um really really good shit so Brad Onishi. Yes.
1: I uh, so as you were talking I just realized something um I connected the URL so like if you just go to dirty rotten com, you can pretty much get all the links to everything at once <laughs> Alexa, delete the last seven minutes of me talking. <laughs> I am so sad. as you were talking, I was like, "Oh shit!" So if you go to dirtyrottenchurchkids.com, you'll have a link to everything. <laughs> Everyone, woah! <laughs> <Don Cucino! laughs> I'm back, jingle Jesus, oh my god. the wallet chain of righteousness. It's, okay, it's so, <laughs> so good, it's so good. Oh my we god, we have to end this. This is enough. This is enough. <laughs> Uh, fuck, <laughs> I just want, I want to put Jinko Jesus it's together in get, my I want to get a Jinko Jesus tattoo. <laughs> if someone, look, if someone designs a good enough Jinko Jesus, I might do it. If it's good enough, I do it. I'm do it on might, my left pectoral.
0: <laughs> oh, God. Um, oh. All
1: right, I'm taking us out of here. Everyone, Please. thank you so much, <laughs> Bad Apples, for listening oh to yet another episode of the Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. Keep up the dirty work, everyone, and remember... It's all gonna be okay. Jingle Jesus!
3: Man oh man. That rapture stuff brought back some serious memories. We hope you enjoyed this unpacking of messiness and diving into the craziness of the end times. Thank you so much to those fat apples who sent in their submissions and shared their stories with us. Love yourself and those around you and stay safe. Dear frozen yogurt, you are the celery of desserts. Be ice cream, or be nothing.